All right, whenever you're ready. All right. Excuse me, little mama, but you could say I'm on duty. I'm looking for a cutie, a real big old ghetto booty. I okay. really like your kitty cat. And if you let me touch her, hey. I know you're not a bluffer. I'll take you to go see Usher. I keep a couple hoes. Like saying, I keep a vixen. Got that Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Dixon, Comet, Cupid, I'm hot at the a hundred degrees. A lot of bread, no sesame <gasps> seeds. If I'm in your city, I'm signing them to go biddies. Hey. I'm planning on how I can take Cassie away from Diddy. The girls want a menage. Yeah, they want her than a rain. I sure buzz me in. Oh, Everybody no. loves rain, man. Nicki Minaj on an Usher. It's a Nicki Minaj feature. Nicki Minaj features are always better. I'm yes. sorry, Nicki. Uh, um, uh, but your features are always better than sometimes your songs. Um, the goat. Oh, but yes. I don't. I don't know the name. Wait, it's in. It's freak. It's fr- is it freak? No, that's the title. It's Lil Freak. Okay, Usher. I was close. Yeah, featuring Nicki. So that was the that was, was the, the Raymond versus Raymond album. Yeah, that's what Hey Daddy and all yes. that. Yeah, that's yeah. when it went south, I think. For who? Usher? No. No, Usher. That was. I think that was. I feel like that's was the a, last. That was album. the last good album. Yeah, he's that's, had hits. It's like singles, mm-hmm. but I think that was the last album, like Usher album, that I can like. I know like a couple songs on it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I did that because y'all playing with Usher trying to talk about doing a versus with Justin Timberlake. Oh, get some respect. Throw that away. <laughs> he he can do a versus by himself. That's fine. Yeah, it's just like some artists, like unfortunately, we're not gonna be able to do a versus because Thanks. they're they're too unique and iconic, and there's no one comparable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would like, say Neo, but then now that I'm thinking about it, no. But then Mm-mm. they already did something, so it yeah, happen. yeah. I don't know who who Usher can go up against. Nobody. There's no one like Missy Elliott. Like who who's who are you gonna put with Missy Elliott? Yeah, I'm, I can't. I can't. Nobody. And Beyonce. Like, <laughs> listen, you can't put. There are some cat, Usher's one of them, right? Missy, Beyonce, um, Nikki. I don't think you can put Nikki against nobody. Yeah, it's like some people like their their discography is too deep. That's like if Michael Jackson was alive, who you gonna do a versus? Like, ain't nobody in that maybe arena. His brothers, maybe his own family. No, Michael Jackson versus the Jackson. <laughs> no, maybe Janet Jackson. <laughs> no, see, okay, I'm not mad at that. That's that's comparable. Yeah. Definitely Janet Jackson. Oh man. Well, thank you for that. I wish I had a song <laughs> this week, but I don't. I'm glad you came prepared. Yes. Um, that was amazing. And you should totally be a rapper. And no. remember when we were talking last week about the shit? I have a list. I can't be rapping. You have a list of rappers? Yes. I have a list. I can't be rapping. I'm getting tongue tied. <laughs> oh gosh but all i was saying remember last week when you were talking about my fave rapper we never did you never told me who it was um that you that you were beating shady about you were real shady last week 
Oh, oh. Should I say? Just type it in the type it in the chat for me, please. So you I know. know. But anyways, let's start this show. I don't like. Wow. I, I don't dislike. They have a song that I'm like, yes, but everything else is like. It's you have good voice. samples. You it's have samples. Voice, I think, yeah. You. Wow. But like, I know the, the the hook, the chorus, but like the verses, like you're off beat and mm, they're like, not good. Sounds like uh, the other half of a of of a group who I know. Um, oh yeah. I like the city girls act up. Oh, that's <laughs> like that was the, my shade too. <laughs> the beat drops, but I think it's the second verse when Young Miami comes in and she's just like, "This is Young Miami." They're like, "What are you? What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, it's like that, she was speed reading. <laughs> yeah, that, she was off. I, it took me a while to realize that she was off, and I was like, "Oh," because somebody pointed out because I never really listened to to her, them in depthly until maybe I listened to JT because. Mm-hmm. Oh, JT's that bitch. But... Yeah, she's gotten better though. Young Miami, she's gotten better. Yeah, she be on beat now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because JT, JT had to check her. Like, sis, you can't be out here rapping like this. Let's uh, cl- let's tighten it up. We run a tight ship, ship over here. <laughs> but let's get into this episode for today. Welcome back, family. Welcome, welcome. Uh, episode three Kratatatat. <laughs> you know the meme i don't know if you ever saw the, this guy he's in the park and gunshots are going off he's like i live in the ghetto Kratatatat. that is Aww. my mood um yeah i love that <laughs> meme that that one stays in my head um uninterrupted but welcome back we have an exciting episode today. Yes, yes. And lots to discuss. Yes. How are you doing? First, I'll I check in. Check in. I am doing pretty good. I This was my first week back, um, the beginning of a semester. I'm in graduate school, for those that don't know. I don't be talking about it because, you know, it's complicated. Yep. <laughs> but I'm in graduate school, so first week of classes. Um, but I've been, you know, just taking it chill trying to map out a schedule for doing things but also noticing like when I'm tired I don't like being on someone else's schedule I realize that like I like setting I like having my own schedule and like my own things designated but like when you're taking classes like mm-hmm. you can't choose when the class is so I don't know it's I'm the just... opposite <laughs> really yeah I actually like being on someone else's schedule it keeps me accountable to create my own schedule because I realize like especially on the weekends the weekends are the worst thing for me because I don't do anything Mm -hmm. I don't remember to prioritize what things that I need to get done or just like so um yeah it's weird I I've always kind of been like that but Mm -hmm. I, I I get that but you don't like being on other set it's I don't like being on the other schedules when I don't like what I'm doing mm. yeah I think because I'm so good on breaks like breaks I set my own schedule and I'll work sometimes eight hours I'll do a full day but like wow. I don't know I'm very good at like setting my own schedule and I like I like being able to float in and out of things and I don't know but this week's been pretty good today my dog decided to be ghetto 
an escape. Nephew, come on now. <laughs> so, <laughs> he was but, like, I'm free. Yes, he was trying to go to his homie's house. He escaped and he went straight to his friend's house and he was scratching at their door. Mm. And I was just like Bentley, but we got him. He is safe. He is he is in his crate. He's in timeout for a little bit. Yeah. You know, balance. <laughs> it it can't be like that. Sometimes you can't get your way. That's not yes. how the world the world <laughs> the real world works. Oh man. Yeah. What about you? How are you doing? Um, I am, I don't know. Um, it's been a mm, weird cap, a couple of two weeks, I would say. I think usually after, yeah, I was just really stressed last week. Um, very emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, nah, never a a drama free day for me. (laughs) And it's low key drama. Um, but I, I think I came into this week a little bit better, um, still kind of struggling, but, um, I did, I finally did homework for my therapist that I've been neglecting to do since we started <laughs> back in June of last year. Cause I was like, I honestly don't have anything else to work on other than these stuff. Like that is like really bothering me. Like, because of one of our last sessions where I'm really able to now recognize when I'm being triggered or what is happening and be more self-aware like the only next gradual step is okay yes I can talk about these triggering things but <laughs> there you have to go into the core of why you're being triggered so mm-hmm. um I did that yesterday and um Two of the core values that I have are they it's like an on and off switch. I don't know if that is if if you understand what that means, but it's more like on my really bad days, they are my weakest, like negative. So mm-hmm. when I talk about core values, I mean um core values that are negative to me. And then the homework is to give evidence of why, of how they're or like how you can contradict um these core values and so I'll just name one because it's Mm -hmm. not because I find it funny I think one of them is that I'll be alone forever (laughs) and so like to constantly and I laugh because it's like it's not true but sometimes Mm -hmm. you know when I'm really sad or um like I'm just like yeah like in my in my way I forget to Mm -hmm. um reach out and use my resources and like talk to my friends and I, I struggled to communicate like I really could use some company even though I'm not like in the best headspace to mm-hmm. or like I don't feel like I I want to and and so um but yeah so <laughs> the evidence to contradict is like I have my family <laughs> I have good friends who love me um and I got God you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. all of those three things contradict that feeling so and when in times when I have to remember that I just have to look back and kind of coax myself out of like that spiral so that is what (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have I've been you know just not battling but dealing with um in the past couple of days in terms mentally and then you know the semester started I'm in a class with like 30 people and uh, on a zoom and I've never experienced this before. it's so weird because mm-hmm. I've always had class well because when I started my semester last spring 
So I was in like a physical class with these people and I was able to see them and able Mm -hmm. to touch them. And like, and so (laughs) when we went on to Zoom, it was fine. And so now I'm in this class with all of these people and I have no idea who they are. It's like the strangest thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so strange. And like, how I understand like how some people are feeling about Zoom University because I couldn't, Mm -hmm. I wasn't anxious, but I, I just felt very like awkward Uh, like I I turned my camera on and of course the professor said my name wrong because Tamia yes Tamaya yes (laughs) that's why I first introduced myself like that because white people stay messing up my name and it's the most simplest name ever Mm -hmm. but yeah um Cause they say it, they say the long I to my, mm-hmm. or yeah. Or they, they do T A M and then I don't know, whatever. So I was like, hi, it's Tamia. It's <laughs> like, that's, that's literally how I go about mm-hmm. it. Hi, it's Tamia. Um, and I keep it pushing, but yeah, I turned my camera off. It was the first class. I like, I, I, I turned it on and off. Cause I couldn't, I mm-hmm. had been all day on camera and I couldn't, and it's, it's a three hour class. Yeah. Do other people have cameras on or is it like, yeah, the majority of those people had their cameras on, but they mm-hmm. also knew each other because mm-hmm. have already they had already been in that, like the same classes before. So I just felt like an outsider. Yeah. Um, cause my friends are in different classes. So I gotta talk with with somebody in the school and be like, yo, what's going on? Cause I don't understand how you could do this. But you know, it also because I didn't register for the course. The program like registered me for the specific courses that I have to take for my degree. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's how my week been going. Very chaotic, very yeah. like much so i'm ready yeah. to as much as i would love to relax this weekend it's not gonna happen because it's I, I i have a tendency you know me i have a tendency to do lots of projects all the mm-hmm. time but i think for me why i do that is because when i don't do anything i don't do anything mm. like i will literally like sleep until noon then i'll get up maybe shower then i'll Mm -hmm. it'll take me two hours just to get ready another two hours to make something to eat and then by the time i look it's it's four o'clock and i haven't haven't done anything i i would consider productive but i think that's kind of also just how we label productivity as black like black people productivity i think with black people is very different like some people would say like wow you took a shower like that's still productive mm-hmm. but to me that's not productive that's mm. it's that's my survival mode like these are the things that are i need like are just the bare minimum uh i need that are the bare minimum requirement for me for like me for things to do like i need to be production or productivity for me is being able to produce something that I Mm. haven't produced before Mm -hmm. so maybe I have to just change my mindset of yes product (laughs) we gotta no I think I think that's real um and I I'm trying to think so I used to be that way like I would tell my therapist like breaks like I would be like I would get nervous for like extended like breaks um like holiday breaks and stuff because I'm like 
I don't do well on breaks. I'm like, I normally have like an episode, like a very serious, depressive episode on a break. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Destiny, you, she was like, is it the time and the space or is it you like not feeling comfortable when you're not doing like things that you consider productive? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's just something that you, you have to, you know, unpack and work through because everyone's different, but like now um, yeah, a lot of anxiety. I think it's, I think what happens as well with me. So when I was on breaks, I would have more time to notice and experience traumas and uncomfortable feelings. Mm. But it's like during the week, I'm too busy. That shit doesn't, it just rolls off me. But it's like the weekend, it's like, okay, they're still here, but I didn't deal with them. And now it's just like blah. And they all compile on me. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Maybe that's me right now. So, um, and it's, I think it's, you know, usually it, depending on the spaces too, right? The physical mm-hmm. spaces, I think. Because, um, you know, when I lived at, up at school and uh, away, when I was away, I don't think it was as, like, profound. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe I'm lying because I remember I spent a lot of time at home on the weekends because um, I didn't know a lot of people. I didn't hang out a lot especially when I moved out to Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't until like the summertime that I really got to do more things. And, um, you know, I like had to learn to take myself out on dates. That's what, like, that was a time where I took myself, I took myself to see Aladdin. Mm-hmm. I took myself like I, one day I just went downtown um, Ohio. I think it was during like the winter time. Like I was just like, I was like, I can't stay inside. Like, I went to a a, a, re- a fancy restaurant, ordered myself a drink, mm-hmm. ate, read a book. Like, I learned, I learned how to do that. Like, make and like those were what I thought. I thought as con- uh, productive because I needed to also see what it was like for me just to operate alone and mm-hmm. be by myself. So I have a pretty good hold on that. But when I've now that I'm back home, it's it, the dynamic is a little bit different and so a lot of the things I felt as a child are resurfacing so I'm Mm -hmm. being at home I'm reanalyzing all of these childhood traumas or triggers and I wasn't able to communicate that with my therapist before or maybe even recognize it and to me thinking like oh these are nothing but like they still bother me and I couldn't understand why because I just you know you just let it Mm -hmm. you just like that's normal but I'm like the the feelings that maybe these triggers um ignite don't make me feel good about myself so I know I need to address them no matter Mm -hmm. how small or how Mm -hmm. strange they may seem um in my head until you talk about it Mm -hmm. and yeah so that was good. That was, this is nice. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into some mess. <laughs> well, uh, okay. What's first on the list? Uh, so for the shenanigans segment, mm-hmm. uh, we're just going to talk things, pop culture, things we noticed. Um, this is just the part of the show where we talk trash. We talk shit. Um, so first Garbage. dumpster fire. First on the docket is Danny Lay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for those that don't know, Danny Lay, she is the 
I guess the the most recent person that's been canceled, quote unquote canceled, um, people that have money and wealth don't actually get canceled. Mm -hmm. But anyways, because anyways, we're not going to get into that in my capitalism rants. But anyways, oh my god, every <laughs> everything we're going to talk about this subway capitalism going to capitalism explains everything capitalism is about to kill us all we're seeing it in the pandemic but that's very dark but anyways danny lay she was called out for her colorist ass song was it yellow bone yes. yellow bone that's what he want <laughs> i never actually never heard of this girl until you sent it to me and i was like who is this and then i listened to it and i said i cr i cringe i was like enough yeah so for those that the song was trash, first of all, it's weird. It's it's not it's not good. Um, so she did like this little trailer video, and she's like dancing to her song "Yellow Bone," and then people are like, "Uh, sis, you may want to rethink this." Mm -hmm. uh, and she's like, "Why can't I make a song for my light skin girls? Other girls <sighs> got songs about being brown skin. Why can't I make a song?" And people are and then people pulled out receipts, and they were like, "Are You're you not. even black?" <laughs> they out her ancestry i think it was like 12 percent black or some shit no. and she responded she was like i'm dominican i'm spanish no. i'm black i'm white um what else happened she also did an apology video the apology video is what made it worse in my opinion because she was like well first of all she has these tragic box braids tragic as box braids i need um, to look this up no you should watch it you should watch it. And she's it's on like, her page? She, yeah, I think so. If it's not on her page, the shade room, somebody got it. I don't know. Maybe having everything. Um, mm -mm. But yeah, she's like, you know, I just made the song because, you know, I had yellow hair and I was like, oh, it'd be cute. You know, yellow bone. You know, I just be in the studio. That's what she said. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. No. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but oh yes. My God. She was like, yeah, I just be in the studio vibing. You know, I like to. I like to, you know, write about stuff that I experienced. She was like, yeah, I had the yellow hair and I felt cute. And I was like, oh, let me do a little video real quick. And then she was like, y'all calling me colorist and racist. And here's the part that got me. She's like, I have melanated friends. I no, have a chocolate. You have tan lines. That's what you do. You go to a tan salon. <laughs> she said she had melanated friends and a chocolate boyfriend. So how can she be colorist? <laughs> colorist right there. She didn't say she had a dark skin boy. She said she had a chocolate boyfriend and melanated friends. What does that mean? Like, girl. And it's, I'm not even going to get into, Do you like. Wow. When I look at this, this video of Allure, look how white she is. Yes. I, it's the, see, y'all, y'all, y'all. Oh my gosh. Just so it's like, I'm not even going to get into like black identity and who gets to claim who's black and percentages and the one drop rule. Um, but it's also, first of all, the term yellow bone, that is in reference to light skinned black women. Mm -hmm. That is a term that has originated in the South. So you call yourself yellow bone. You're, you're not even black. So this ain't, you don't need to be in this conversation. And also colorism does not there's no such thing as like two-way colorism it's not a there's no reverse it's not like reverse racism reverse racism doesn't exist and colorism doesn't go both ways dark-skinned people cannot oppress light-skinned people go off go like you may have been bullied by people that were darker skin everybody every black child gets bullied if you go to school with black kids because that's what they do yeah. so you may have gotten picked on because you were different from other kids mm -hmm. but that is not colorism 
oh, people get on my nerves with that. Well, mm-hmm. oh, the ugly dark skinned girls, they made fun of me with their nappy hair. She never like, watched a proud family then. Like, girl, what? Like colorism is so ingrained in society and people can write essays about racism. They can debate top to bottom. But when it comes to colorism, they be like, what? I'm black. I'm blind to it. They can't, they can't imagine that they have some privilege. And it's like, wow. we all have privileges. Mm-hmm. So it's like you as a light-skinned black person, you have privilege. You still experience racism. Yep. But if you are light-skinned, you benefit from colorism. Very true. Yeah. <sighs> so that's I mean, I can. I can speak on it. Yes. Like when I was 18, somebody called me light skin and I said, where Mm -hmm. I literally said, where I was like, am I not black? Are you not black? Like what, what is going on? Why are we, um, calling each other light skin, dark skin? Like, I didn't see that. Like I look at my, you know, I look at my parents and I'm like, okay, my daddy, when I was in kindergarten, I was like, my daddy's white, my mommy's black. And Mm -hmm. it made me And I realized, like, there's a spectrum of blackness. Like, my Mm -hmm. mom is darker than me. But I never um, loved her differently or viewed her differently. I was, I, because I always saw myself through, through how she looked, like, through her eyes. I just thought we were the same complexion for some strange reason, you know. And then when Mm -hmm. I went into, when I got to school, I was like, when I saw black people, I was like, yep, we all just black. Like, there was Mm -hmm. no, like, you're lighter, you have more privilege. Like, that, that, that shit is annoying not even annoying but like it it shouldn't even be a topic of discussion Mm -hmm. point blank period yeah i think it's important to recognize it there but it's like bring recognizing colorism is not being divisive we have to talk about these things if we're gonna have some type of community as black people it's just the same thing when disabled people start talking about their experiences like we have to recognize that yeah when you when it comes to like you know fat black people like they need to have their space to talk about their grievances and how systemically they are oppressed because of um this identity so it's just like people when people call you out on colorism, it's not to be divisive. Like mm-hmm. us as black people, we're trying to educate you yeah. and put you on to some shit and be like, hey, you need to, the same way we talk about allies and white people and recognize your privilege and don't take up too much space and use your privilege for good. It's the mm-hmm. same thing yep. with lighter skinned black folk. Like look at in the industry, all these mainstream female rappers right now, they all light skin. They are. Mainstream, you got, you got really Flo skin. Millie. You gotta search hard. <laughs> like mainstream, mainstream, like they're all light skinned. We have Flo Millie, but like still. Doji Cat was out here showing feet and she's still out here. Yeah, she is. She on hit records with <laughs> other other women who want to take on the aesthetic of black people. Yeah. And so it's just like, I don't know. That'd be getting on my nerves. Cause just, like you see the colorism. You see mm-hmm. it. Stop being dumb. You recognize it. And it's like, Danny Lay, I'm sorry, but y'all be hyping up basic girls just because they light skin. Yeah. I'm not here to compare beauty and beauty standards, but like, she's light skin. She was a regular person on the street. Yeah. You know who she was. But I think people just have a, they, when, when they are hit with conflict, they react. They don't mm-hmm. sit down, listen, reflect, maybe do some reading. And then come back and be like, I've actually learned from this. Thank you for calling me out. Uh, mm-hmm. And I apologize, right? People really need to learn the words, I apologize. They, yep. they, they, Period. 
I apologize. That's it. No, none of this. I'm sorry if I offended you. We don't want you to say that. No. Mm. (laughs) Just apologize. Say, I apologize for my behavior or my actions. uh, And it won't happen again. And I will learn to listen and learn. That's it. That's it. And then they get mad. Like, oh, you sit on your little phones and you're trying to tear down another woman. Like, first of all, y'all going to stop talking trash to us regular folk. Like, we not the reason why y'all have money. If we didn't listen to your songs, watch your little videos, follow you on social Mm -hmm. media, you wouldn't be where you are. So Mm -hmm. stop all that. Y'all not going to keep treating the regular folk Mm -hmm. like shit. Like, you're the the reason you have money. You need us. Who put it out there? You put it out to the word the world publicly. So what were you expecting? You were expecting people to come back to you and praise you for something, or yeah. like not expect critique? Like with everything that you put out there, you should be expecting critique, and you should also be um getting like you know joy or whatever. Like mm-hmm. we don't live in a world where everything is just positive and yeah. all willy dilly happiness and oh we love you we dad love you no that's not how this mm-hmm. works like if we all did that we all be oblivious to every ignorant thing anyone mm-hmm. said it's, it don't mm. anyways put mm. her put her in the dumpster yeah so next <laughs> did you watch the Ashanti and Keisha Cole versus I <laughs> Turned on my phone because I realized I didn't know I didn't remember what time it started. I turned it on and no one was there. Oh, it started like an hour and some change late. Yeah, and then um, Keisha was no Keisha was there. Ashanti wasn't there. Keisha was like listening to some music. Then Ashanti comes on and was like, "Oh no!" Keisha was like, "Oh, is it my turn?" He was like, uh, "Ashanti was like, no, 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 no. You already went." I was like, "Why are we being so?" feisty like the dragons and the claws came out but i don't know if like that's just i don't know i gave up i gave up on this versus when they canceled it the first time Mm -mm. the only verses i truly (laughs) enjoyed i truly enjoyed was erica badu and jill scott Mm -hmm. and maybe beanie man oh yes but that's (laughs) okay but did you watch the monica brandy i like that one no, because I don't, I don't, I didn't know a lot of, mm-hmm. I didn't really grow up on Brandy and Monica. Oh, okay. Um, so it yeah. wasn't, I, I mean, I, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't really me. Um, yeah. Now the, the Jill Scott, Erica Badu, that was probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. That's my one and only. Yeah. I watched I that. I watched that again if I could. Yeah. The verses, they need to, I don't know, pause yeah. and regroup. Go back to mm-hmm. people playing music at the crib. Yeah. Like, I, not all these verses need to be yeah. in person in a production. The mm-hmm. Beanie Man one, that one should have been in person because that they have so much energy. Yeah. <laughs> the Gucci Mane one was funny too. Oh, because to yeah. they hate each other. Um, so that was funny to watch. But you know why I think I enjoyed the, the Jill Scott? It's because like after that, Erica Badu was like, How did you come up with this song? Like there was like this like like yeah facilitated discussion on that you wouldn't necessarily see happen mm-hmm. um with artists like um what they were thinking like why the reason for this song like that was to me like this is amazing like yeah. this is a different world and I was like okay 
um keep giving me all of that stuff and having these types of discussion but maybe that's also just the women that erica um, yeah i like the storytelling aspect mm-hmm. um or even because i watched the patty labelle and gladys night oh yeah i, I and they were they were going down memory lane talking about the songs and like mm-hmm. that's what people like like you know yeah. kind of these stories that you won't get mm-hmm. to hear we're not um, asking for a concert we're but yeah the 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 Ashanti and Keisha Cole, mm-hmm. I was, after they canceled the first time, I was like, nah, mm-hmm. I'm not watching this. And I'll just say for people who, oh, Keisha Cole, nah, Ashanti, like, Ashanti got the hits. They both have hits. Yeah, Keisha Cole has albums. Okay. Love. She has top. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that, but that's. Keisha Cole has top to bottom albums. Okay. Can Does she have the vocals? Not necessarily. We know this. Keisha may, I think Keisha Cole's songs are vocally more challenging mm-hmm. than Ashanti's. I'll say that. We all know Keisha don't sound the best live. Destiny was like cringing. <laughs> but we know Keisha don't sound the best live. But for those, mm-hmm. if you grew up listening to RB, female yeah. RB, Keisha Cole has the top mm-hmm. to bottom albums. And that's all I'm gonna say. Ashanti has hits too, but and she wrote all of J Lo's stuff. So but Stop, stop playing. Stop sleeping on Keisha Cole. This versus it was it was sad because I really wanted to see like two black women, you know, who are kind of underrated and don't get their shine like Mm -hmm. that, like really, you know, have like a moment. But this it was just ghetto. This versus (laughs) it it wasn't a good look. Yeah, it's uh, I'm glad it's it's over. So we don't have to talk about it again. I don't know. I want to see who do you want to see next? I don't know. Honestly, don't know. Maybe a young. Ooh, no. I was gonna no. say Normani and 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 um, what? Chloe <laughs> Halle, but that was like no. That this is not. Nope. I was no. That that would end short. I remember one time I when pre quarantine I went to a Chloe Halle concert, and the set was forty five minutes because that's how long their album was. <laughs> um and then I was like wait is that it I mm-hmm. was real shocked and I realized like yeah you gotta wait for people to get more hits before yeah. they can actually do a versus challenge I don't know I don't like their songs it's I okay. don't dislike them they're talented I just don't like their songs it's okay it's not for everyone but I, I would just I would like to hear them perform and do karaoke and like do other people's songs because so they're talented but it's weak. like I don't want to hear your songs I'm so weak. <laughs> leave them alone they are talented though and Chloe <sighs> Bailey wow she got wow. her whole Instagram and showing out I was like wait a minute wow kids, weren't, weren't we just all right weren't we just kids all right and now mm-hmm. we are doing it yes I I'm here for all of that <laughs> I think versus I want to see Omarion and Sierra. I feel like that's oh, a we fair did. matchup. Okay, okay, okay. Cause they, you know, they're they're they both got a good amount of songs, you know, not the longest oh, yeah, list, but yeah. they got some good songs and they both dance. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it would be cute. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, if Omarion come out, touch. Yes. Whoa, I'm gonna start melting. Touch. Oh, mm, that's Icebox. Sierra can do Promise. Mm. Uh, one, oh, two, yes. step. Like, it would be cute. And they could yeah, dance and do some choreo. Yeah, that it, would be they, really good. Yeah, but we'll see. Okay. We got to DM versus and let them know this is what the people want. Yes. The people deserve. 
Yeah, because I don't know who else Ciara could go up against. Not Lil Bow Wow for sure. Oh, wait, no. we don't call him Lil Bow Wow. That's probably the song I should have came on singing. I ain't never had nobody show me all the things <laughs> that you gon' show me in a special way I feel. When you mm-hmm. homie, we gon' always be together, baby. That's what you told me. And I believe it because I ain't <laughs> never had nobody do me like you. Oh, oh I could do that versus for them. <laughs> Honestly. And the, the other, other thing, I was watching um, people, they, because you know how they do the um, the lists of like the verses, like which which songs each person played. It seemed like Keisha didn't really play the hits, but also they were mad late. So, because yeah. I was, was like, Instagram is going to cut us off. I was like, wow, that's how unprofessional we are tonight. Yeah, it was just, it was a hot mess. But anyway, so people are trying to get a Usher versus Justin Timberlake versus going. No. How do you feel? why we're not inviting justin we love you i love you from a distance i don't know some people may not feel justin because he you know on the on the line of taking blackness away from black people um and whatever but um no you're not invited (laughs) for blacks only the blacks only yes and also like how are you gonna put Usher against Justin Timberlake? Like that is a slap in the face to Usher. It's just like when they were trying, Usher, trying to get Usher, with Justin Bieber. Like Usher is iconic. First of all, he has albums top to bottom. Justin Timberlake has hits, but most of those hits were from Timberland. But like Usher, he has albums. Confessions. He the the oh, album. Album. What was that other album? It's the numbers out of like eight, seven, something shit. Not, I don't know. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. The numbers that has hits. Mm-hmm. Raymond versus Raymond. Yeah, that one is. And those are just like my favorite albums. He's got other well, wait, like. Wait, no, what's that? What's what's? Hold on. There goes my baby. That is the jam. Yeah, Usher has. Hit. He even has stuff out now. Like y'all not gonna put do that to Usher. I just don't think we're gonna get one unless he just sit there and play the songs by himself and talking <laughs> about them. Like I would watch that. You could sit Anyone? at the crib. No, no, no. I'm not no. gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Eight seven oh one. That's what that's. Called. Oh yep that that's a good album. Yeah, it is a good album. Hard to love. Here I stand. Here I stand. I had love in this club. With, oh yeah. With I actually Monte love that. Yes, and... I love the song. Here I stand. That was my favorite song. I like that album. Yeah, too. I don't know who Usher. Usher. Um... He would just have to sit at the crib and play the songs and talk about them. And I would watch that same with Missy Elliott. Just sit at home, talk about them. Mm-hmm. And play him. You don't need to go against anyone. Nope. Nope. It's be a, a verse, uh, a verse me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a versus me versus me. Honestly. Yeah. Nah, that'd be. You don't got to worry about dealing with other people. We don't have to worry about cancellations. You just sit at the crib. Internet issues, because we know he got that 5G. Yes. Like. Not like, not like, who, who was it? Not like Nelly. <sighs> <laughs> that one that one's kind of sad because <laughs> luda was luda was holding it down okay luda yes. was there he can't prepare and nelly just kind of in and out and luda's just taking it like i'm like like rolling with the punches like that's mm-hmm. all right i got i love luda yeah I luda i didn't realize how like how much of his song songs and music i like I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're bops. Yeah. I'd be, for, I be forgetting about Luda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, may, I would, fi- I wouldn't call him an underrated rapper, but he deserves more mm-hmm. coins. 
and stuff. I feel like he just doesn't come to like when I think of rappers, he's not at the forefront. Well, yeah. also I don't listen to rap like that. Yeah. But he he had he had the hits. Yeah, he definitely does. Oh man. Well, good <laughs> luck versus. We wish yes. you all the best. Take y'all time. Stop rushing and throwing mm-hmm. stuff together. I think it should stay black people. You need new management. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we should like start you know having white people in the verses like leave it this is black culture like leave it that way mm-hmm. maybe you know do some more caribbean stuff maybe get some afro oh some artists Soka. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like go that direction don't yeah. start trying to do it with like get burn a boy yeah oh burn a boy who else burn a boy versus there's a lot of them i don't want to put burn a boy i feel like burn a boy deserves his own category Mm-hmm. as well but we can do you know they got techno tech techno i don't want to say his name wrong mm-hmm. davido we have um tiwa savage there's mm-hmm. so many so many artists out there who can- yeah like do something like that you know mm-hmm. we don't need to Mm-mm. all right next on the agenda Next on the agenda. So My the inauguration happened yes. and social media New was going president. crazy. We did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> oh my God. We did it, Joe. You're going to be the president, Joe. The president of the United States, Joe. <laughs> but people were talking about Michelle Obama. Michelle oh. Obama stole the show. And Bernie. Let's not forget Bernie. Oh, yes. The Bernie <laughs> meme. We got a new meme in 2021. Oh, I love it. And it's the best meme because it's all of us. Yes. But, but let's first talk about Michelle. Michelle, mm-hmm. four years prior, you gave us, girl, I'm just going to this event. Just throw it back in a ponytail. You know, just regular. I'm, I'm on my business. I got, you know, I, if I just got to be in this meeting, I got to be in this meeting. Four years later, you came in. Let me see you walk, 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 walk. Bounce, volume, color, texture, mm-hmm. paint, like. Yes, that cool. belt, that cool. belt, it was snatched. I was, it was like. Can you tell me who your date was? Because I don't know that. I don't know them. And um, I just wanted to know if you were going to be inaugurated for the election. Be- oh, for the election, for the presidency. Because you came yes. in. <laughs> you Michelle, Michelle has a flight attendant booty. Because you know how them black yes. flight attendants, they be having the hams. Yes. She got a flight attendant booty. Yes. It just sneak up on you. Yes, Michelle, that's Michelle Obama's butt. You were giving us jewel tones, um, all of you. You know, I'm not gonna leave out uh, Kamala. Kamala, you know, you was looking oh, yeah. all right. She was cute, you know. Um, you know who else? You know, Jill. Jill came in nice too. Jewel tones, okay. Yeah. Hillary was there looking for Bill as usual. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, Michelle's crush always comes to find her. You know, oh, he had a little sweet. Hey, baby, how you doing? Um, but yes, it was it was a <laughs> grand time. And Michelle, I just I want to thank you for coming and Sutton because it wasn't even just it was just like it, her whole demeanor was fierce. The the face mask you could see underneath it. She was like, "Yes, I know I'm a bad bitch." Yeah, she was wearing Fenty. 
I'm gonna walk up in here looking like the bitch that I I was supposed mm-hmm. to look like four years ago. Okay, this is how I was supposed to look for Hillary's inauguration, but it's all good. Um, yeah, it was it was it was interesting. And then Bernie, 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 you are all of us. And he started. I wanted to buy a sweatshirt. Um, please put those sweatshirts back up so I can buy one. Um, again. Because Bernie, you were us. The memes were <laughs> were great. I saw I saw several memes. One had um Bert and Ernie from Sesame Street and it said Bert plus Ernie equals Bernie. I saw another one that said you have elf on a shelf and then you have Bernie oh, yeah. on a gurney. <laughs> mm-hmm. ah. That one made me laugh, but now people just abusing it. Like they a, have, a lot of them not funny. They have Bernie on the 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 D train. New York, like all New Yorkers are. Which one? Man, it was just amazing. Those memes had me rolling. They had said Bernie was going to the post office. He was just like, let me just check this inauguration off my list and keep it moving. He looked warm. Like, everybody was trying to be cute, but Bernie looked, he dressed sensibly. Yep, which he should have, <laughs> yeah. Um, <sighs> next. I don't know if we want to talk about this. Uh, I guess we're talking about it quickly. Uh, okay. Um, uh, so I don't know if you saw on social media. Um, so M- M- Monique Coleman, mm-hmm. um, she's an actress. She was the black um, actress on High School Musical. She was yeah. the black girl. I was like, I don't know what this is, but okay. Now and I know she was. She shared on um, social media that like she always wore them headbands because yeah. they didn't know how to do her hair so they mm-hmm. they gave her the weave but like she's like they didn't know how to blend mm-hmm. it and make it look right mm-hmm. and so she was saying like oh they're like oh we're just gonna make it part of your character for her to wear headbands and it started a, um, a conversation between other black actresses right. in hollywood i saw about um how like they don't be taking care of black people's That's hair on set and how you gotta come to how you gotta come basically with your hair already done don't or make no fuck sense. you up why um, why isn't Hollywood paying finding black um beauticianists and hiring them um so that they can do uh black women and uh hair? Like if Issa can do it, why can't you? Issa hair again. If Issa can do it, I'm sorry to yell in your ears, Destiny. Why can't you? Wait, can What's you hear me ex- chewing? <laughs> It's okay. Listen, it's dinner I'm time, hungry. friends. Um, I, 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 I pause. I, I have my dinner with me. I want to um, disturb nobody with my, my smacking, but it's all good. But yeah, this I don't is know. Black joy right here. I mean, chicken. Yeah. So I, I know that's I'm jealous. Yeah, my mom made saltfish and cabbage, a very mm-hmm. Jamaican um, dish, and I have non bread. So but yeah, mm-hmm. now nah, that this that that conversation um yeah because i saw there's this other girl i think she's from sabrina the the new animated one and she's a black girl i don't know if she's in sabrina but she's in some witch thing and she has the waves i don't know if you saw it embrace oh yes she said she do her finger waves herself Herself. yeah Mm -hmm. um but then they had a black lady coming behind her and fix the back so i said why ain't a black lady doing her hair for her but maybe she just don't know if to do it right i don't, I don't know because not all black beauticians be know how to do black hair and not all of them know how to do natural black hair wow. don't be sneaking no perm in my conditioner and shit wow. that is that's really sad and um hollywood needs to do better 
It is too many resources. You got people on YouTube doing tutorials. It's white ladies braiding black hair on YouTube. You you can learn. True, I can't though. cornrow though. I can't. I <laughs> can't cornrow to look nice. I can cornrow to look nice under a wig or a hat <laughs> or a headscarf. Okay, that's as good as we'll get. But um, do better, Hollywood. That was trash. Wow. Um, and there's something else that uh, I just want to say. Uh, rest in peace to Miss Tyson. Yes, we lost a legend amongst us. Um, and all of the academies give her her awards and accolades. Um, because obviously you were mistaken not to give it to her when she was alive. So you need to do it now. Um, and yeah, we want to um say that. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, that is our, that's our, I felt like that's our, the matriarch of Hollywood, like Black Hollywood. Black Hollywood, oh, yeah. Shit. It's like Cicely Tyson, then it's like Loretta Devon, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lewis. Angela Bassett. Like, yeah. I am not ready for the that day, but we, um, we thank you for your artwork and we thank you for standing strong. She said that like, she never wanted to play um black people who were looked down upon like hookers and drug druggies and junkies and stuff like she always wanted to make sure the roles that she chose were respectable and were um brought black people showed the the excellency of black Mm -hmm. people so um yeah we lost a we lost a we lost a legend but you know her time on we we thankful we're thankful for the life that she has yes you know a you know some things this these are natural things that happen like and we i would prefer natural things than sudden deaths like when chadwick passed away or when kobe like those were traumatic (laughs) in and of itself like really really traumatic because you're not expecting someone like that to to go but um thank you mrs tyson Thank you. Um, and with that, we are going to take a break and we'll be back. Stay tuned for more. Hey. We're back and we are here with our next segment, the Gather Round segment. This is yes. talk um straight facts and spit out wisdom for you yes dropping knowledge open your third eye (laughs) (laughs) you sound like them um i have the those people from the oh no have you ever seen sorry this is off topic but we gotta go um the black the black woman sketch show oh the her tap yes that's what that sounded like. Oh, pre-PhD, whatever her name was, mm-hmm. the her tip. But yeah. anyways, welcome back, everyone. We have guests again. We are yes. just full of surprises for you. So this yes. week, Destiny would like to introduce our guest. Yes, we can introduce our guest. So today we have brought on Hannah and Raven to discuss sense of belonging. Um, woo so do you want to introduce yourselves to the people? Oh. Tell them your pronouns. Um, and also, how are you doing? Okay, sure. I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, I'm Hannah Valdiviejas. Um, 
I am a third year PhD student. This is how I got the honor of being invited to this podcast. I know Destiny <laughs> through the program that we're both in. Um, and I am doing really well. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to see where this goes. And my pronouns are she, her, hers. Welcome. Welcome. Hi, I'm Raven. I go to the same institution as Destiny and Hannah. Um, I'm in a different program, but I met Destiny the summer before we started our doctoral studies. So that's how I was blessed to be on this podcast. <laughs> um, my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am, you know, when people ask how I'm doing, I never know, like, what to mm -hmm. tell them but I just because I feel like my feelings are so fleeting but I can guarantee you that I'm here amen yes that's what we'll take is. that yes amen yeah. to that yeah um so yeah to give a little background um Raven when I met Raven you ever meet someone you just be like I want to be friends with them you don't know why because I'm a weirdo I'd be like black women I want to be friends with you that like <laughs> me yeah I did, I, that <laughs> I did that once at an institution I was like hey y'all black I'm black let's be friends and they gave me the and I said you? <laughs> got it and I yep. never socialized with them again but <laughs> yeah I went to high school with white girls so I was I'm thirsty to always meet black people <laughs> <laughs> in all black like area I was like super blessed in that way where I know a lot of black girls have that experience where they're like I was the only black girl like here or there like in my mm -hmm. community and so I grew up around a lot of black girls and because of that like I love blackness I love black women I love black girlhood but I've experienced like a lot of like intra-community violence from black women mm -hmm. so I think unintentionally sometimes that made me like more standoffish to myself but once I mean once I like get your vibe like I I never mind hanging out I don't really turn down like you know invitations unless I'm like busy or something like I love being social but initially I am not as like bubbly as I was when I like first got to like college to be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I think my barometer is if you laugh at my jokes and you get the jokes because um, some people they be too uptight and it's like if you're I don't know you got to be able to laugh around me mm -hmm. um, and then Hannah Hannah is like one of the most supportive people ever um, so we are like research I don't know siblings or something <laughs> yeah we are we are like on all the same projects Literally. um but nah, I, I respect Hannah. She puts my name in rooms that I'm not uh, always sharing opportunities. And I feel like, you know, that's what we need. Yes. Um, Holden says down. Yes. You a real one, Hannah. We need more I people mean, like you. I can say likewise about destiny. So it's reciprocated. Yeah. So why are we talking about sense of belonging? So full transparency, we're graduate students and we're about the work smarter, not harder. We have a class assignment to do a storytelling <laughs> project on sense of belonging. So that's why we're talking about it, but also it's an important topic. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. Okay. Yes. Old Jamaican proverb. Work smarter, not harder. Yes. We are in a panty a panorama, a, panda. a Panasonic. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so I guess, let's see, what questions do we want to ask? I was going to like do a definition of sense of belonging, but it's week one, so I don't have a definition for you. <laughs> no, I'm like, I was like, I think well, the readings done, but I was like, I don't even know. I guess I could, I mean, I could talk about that because a lot of my own research has to do with identity and understanding belonging. So like literally trying to figure out like where you fit, like, um, and your placement in the world that how others view your placement um, and so I guess when we talk about sense of belonging more it's coming from the internal aspect rather than the external accent um, part I'm sorry I don't know what word I was trying to say um, <laughs> but yeah so I think if, if that's the way that we're going if we're looking internally because I think part of just our um our, our theme as a podcast is to make sure that we are growing internally we're growing and we're blossoming so and also collectively focus. yeah so right. there's the individual and also at the collective level mm-hmm. um, so we can talk about both okay all right That's- the assignment is broad so i'm leaving it up uh, to y'all yeah <laughs> the is very broad and it's interesting i wanted to originally take the course because so much of my work is actually about isolation mm. um which is like almost like it goes hand in hand with a sense of belonging because when you don't have a sense of belonging, you are either self-isolating or, you know, you're isolated like forcibly. And so I was thinking about it and I was like, why didn't I like base my project around like identity and a Mm -hmm. sense of belonging? Why did I choose to go like the isolation route and like Mm kind of talk about that loneliness? So I I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with destiny. I've not done the reading. Um, I'm with Hannah. I'm like also just kind of here for like a good time to like figure Listen, out what a cheers. <laughs> yes. Literally cheers in my water. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like it's like I don't have the 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 Google or academic definition, but sense of belonging, I guess, is like, do you feel like you belong? Like you have a community, yeah. you feel comfortable and included. Right. It's um, that ideational factor, like yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess. Um, so I uh, should I talk first um, or? Yeah, I'll pass it to you. So I'll just pose like a broad question. Um, um, what are your experiences yeah. with sense of belonging? I'm in a group setting, community, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, what does it feel like to belong? Right, um, right. Can you describe kind of like mm-hmm. what it feels like? How do you know? Or maybe you haven't, you know, felt mm-hmm. like you belonged in the okay. space. So just kind of talk about that academically, yeah. personally, mm-hmm. socially. Yeah. So I'll start with grad school since that's where I am now. I'm also in grad school. Um, I'm in a master's program. And so actually I had this experience last night where I felt very isolated and didn't have a sense of belonging because now I understand Zoom University a lot more. So I, before we got into the panorama, I was in a class with other people who I met and could like physically touch and see and say hi to. And then when we transitioned, we were still in the same classes. So I knew everyone. But last night was the first time that I had a class that wasn't with these people. And I went into that Zoom meeting like right as class was about to start because I didn't know anyone. And I sat there and I said, 
I felt so ostracized and so awkward and weird and not not thinking that like people are gonna judge me but like I don't know these these strangers and there's like 33 of us on this call and everybody's camera was on and I was like and then you know you kind of feel pressure to keep your camera on and then the professor is like taking my professor literally took attendance last night which was very weird to me I'm like we're still doing that in graduate school yeah we are grown you can click on participants, <laughs> pull up the list of right. people who are in this meeting, take a screenshot and move on. But you know, some people are old fashioned and I guess they wanted to meet the her students individually, but you like, you have the whole semester to, to do that. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was the first time um, I did not feel a sense of belonging. And so it had to make me go back and be like, oh, where, where do I belong? How do I fit? So for grad school, I mean, I've, I've hopped between grad schools. Like this is my grad school that I'm going to finish out. My last grad school was, I'm, I'm going back to isolation again, but there was no sense of <laughs> belonging. I was in a physics uh, graduate program. Um, at an R1 institution and that was not traumatic but just was not for me mm-hmm. and um, when I looked to find my sense of belonging with you know other graduate students who also um, were black students it nothing really clicked I mean I met a couple of people but um, I just think like when it comes to me and my sense of belonging I have to be able to know um I, I, I cultivate them with intention. Um, and I think as you get older, it's very hard to find that sense of belonging in graduate school. But I want to make sure that I'm always pinpointing, like, I do have people and I do have friends who um, have made me feel good about myself or relied on me for some type of information. Um, and I think when we have that, I feel, I feel good. Like, I feel seen. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel really seen that I know that someone else knows what I'm going through or we have the same feelings about certain things and we can relate to them. And we can talk about them. We can dissect it. We can have good conversation and then not have to be thinking in our head. Am I crazy? Is that what she said? Is that what they said? Are they crazy? Like, you know, so that sense of belonging, I think, is um, definitely important. Um and, you know, when I'm trying to look at and recognize the feelings of sense of belonging, it's joy, it's um, happiness, it's excitement, it's like giddy, like all of the good feelings of being able to just express who you are and being comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how I would start off. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm going back and reading the question. Um, and what does it feel like to be? Okay. And yeah, so those, that, yeah. I think I pretty much hit all the, the points on there. But I, but like you said, Raven, before, I think a sense of belonging also comes with isolation, like recognizing like, oh, this thing isolated me. I need to go back and find mm-hmm. how I can like bring myself back around full circle to feel like I belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that it, I think that you were like, I don't know why I keep going back to isolation, but I think it takes us feeling isolated to know what it feels like to, mm. to belong. So I think they go hand in hand for sure. Yeah, like, I think that so much of like, I can't say all Black girls experiences, but so much of my like Black girlhood was cultivated around moments of 
just so many moments of isolation. And that's so weird because I come from this area where like most of my community looked like me. Like my graduating class in high school, I think it had like three white people. Like, so it's like, you would think I wouldn't have that isolation, but like, you know, being like fat and like, you know, having, I, I kind of went natural and did the big chop before it was like this kind of like, you know, in the public consciousness. So like being natural at that particular time, like all these things like that also like defined who I was in that particular moment. And in some ways still do made me isolated from not only like, you know, my peers, but also a lot of my family who who didn't really quite understand like, why don't you just slap a perm on your head? Or why are you like so fat? Like, And so I just kind of thought that when I got to college, like I'm, I would meet people like, you know, they tell you it's so many people <laughs> in college, everyone, you know, you're going to find your tribe. You're going to find who's with you. And eventually like I did, but like, I, th- I think my expectations were just too high. And I came to college and I was just like, why are there so many black girls who are like, you know, like internally like sexist <laughs> and like, why are there so many black girls who like don't seem willing to kind of like have this community with one another. Um, and I was also like, before I was a sex worker, I was like, I guess what you could call like a sexual liberationist. Like, I mean, I was, I was hoeing, like, you know, that's like how my transition work like came I was I was already comfortable hoeing so I just like was like let me do it for money but like in that particular time where now we can listen to people like maybe Meg the Stallion and be like that's racist like it, it wasn't like that at the time it was still very much mm-hmm. so like I only fuck my boyfriend I only got three bodies like three bodies was the magic number and I don't suck dick and so <laughs> it was like it, it was still isolation <laughs> I was just like, okay, I guess, like, I just kind of accepted early on, I was going to be isolated, like, for a while, and mm-hmm. so, you know, I just got real cool with myself. <laughs> That's the best thing to do, though, you know, like, before you can actually find that sense of belonging, you have to make sure that you're strong within your own self, and because, you know, people will say what they want to say, but if you're good, then who cares, mm-hmm. but yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. yeah and that's not even to say that like because like uh meg the stallion and you know cardi b with wap like they get a lot of pushback even s- still you know it's still not okay like society wise so mm-hmm. we have a long way to go but yeah it takes a lot of courage to try and break that boundaries but i don't i think men still I I mean, it's all part of the patriarchy, right? You know, men still view women as property. Like that's in my back of my, or like they have this like written rule, like this is how I want my wife to be because they've never, um, I think, I feel like a lot of men haven't just talked with their own parents to address these issues or address these discomforts or like try to figure out like their views on something. And like, you know, and instead of sitting down like earlier today, Dusty and I discussed, instead of people are, immediately want to react they don't want to um take people's criticism or take information in read Mm -hmm. on it come to a concise understanding then come back and say you know what this is how I feel about it and if I'm wrong somebody correct me if I'm right then let's keep moving and pushing through you know so Mm -hmm. people are committed to being wrong and they're committed to their bullshit like sometimes people just be ignorant so I'll say I grew up black, Southern family, uh, Christian values. So that shit was wildly homophobic. 
misogynist, <laughs> like all of that. So like I grew up with certain views, um, but that was ignorance. And like, I was also indoctrinated with a lot of wacky shit, um, mm-hmm. which I don't want to get into the black church. There's so much there. Growing, being a black girl in a black church is so fucking traumatic. Mm-hmm. It's, ugh. But can you can you imagine being Caribbean? Oh yeah, y'all be wildin'. Because <laughs> <laughs> Caribbean people be just outright with it, you know. And then as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know what? I I just have to. A lot of times, you just have to like uh, try yeah. to understand where they're coming from and why they view you know view the way that they do. Like it's also like I feel like as as we get older and as consciousness is raised we all have things to unlearn so it's like there's a lot of things it's like was I taught to believe this or is this something that I actually believe Mm because a lot of shit we're just taught to believe and then you actually you were like that'll make no damn sense yep so it's like it's like straight like that like I don't even think it's always that complicated a lot of y'all have just been so indoctrinated with shit Mm -hmm. and y'all can't even imagine Mm -hmm. life outside of your own little bubble yeah and like again with the black church a lot of y'all preachers y'all just regurgitating shit from your own life it does not say that in the bible <laughs> you just but listen I, to the pastor but i also think like that oh, isolation comes from. oh no yeah. i'm so sorry i was just saying that's where like the isolation eventually mm-hmm. comes from i feel like as you start to like challenge mm-hmm. like those views and you know like like grow out of them a little bit like all of a sudden this community you thought you had is no longer the community that you thought you had because now you're you're thinking very differently and sometimes the cornerstones of what make that community like you no longer identify with Mm -hmm. and so like it's like sometimes I feel like especially for like you know people who are going on this like kind of like social justice self journey where you're unlearning a lot like so much of that journey is kind of like distancing yourself from certain communities and I would argue that if you don't experience isolation at one point, you're probably not as far as on your journey as like you maybe think you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so yeah. 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 I was just going to say that, you know, what I think too is that a lot of people who stick in those, their ignorant ways are also the ones who are afraid that they're going to be isolated. They're afraid that they're going to lose that sense of belonging and that attachment to mm-hmm. to something that they've already something that they they view as instrumental in their life you know like that's why a lot of people it's hard for them to break trauma because they know by cutting off this thread or cutting off their some you know somewhat lifeline they they're they're going to you know drown and be isolated and not be able to to hold on to themselves and I don't think people give themselves a lot of time to discover who they are or they know who they are but they're afraid of the reaction um that's gonna come out you know because sometimes it may be life or death but Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so I want to touch on we're all you know young career professionals trying to figure shit out um so I want to touch on like you know professionally like sense of belonging um how do you think that shows up for you so I think I'll start this one and then we can kind of just you know popcorn around um so I'll say for me um well one I moved I was in a bunch of different schools as a kid um so I was kind of always in different places and learning to navigate different spaces as one of the few black people 
Um, so I learned quickly how to get along with white girls <laughs> and their drama and how messy they are and two-faced they are sometimes. Yeah. Um, but then also I'll say, so touching on college years, I feel like once I got to college, that was one of the first times that I kind of felt like I had a community, but there's also like some complications there. So I went to a um, to college with Tamia, um, Historical Women's College, Mount Holyoke. Uh, <laughs> rep, rep it, PWI in the house. <laughs> Holyoke, Holyoke, Holyoke. <laughs> I mean, underlining, you know, all of the tradition. I love the school, but you know, at the end, yes. it was very cultish. Very cool. Oh yeah, our like graduation ceremony, we walk around the founder's grave carrying a vine. We're dressed in all white, like very cultish indeed. Yes. <laughs> but we love our traditions. We love it. It was fun though. It, it was is. Fun. It's 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 yes. uh it's a magical <laughs> it's haunted. No, it's it's really haunted. Like it looks like Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's like a whole thing you get you know you get your stoling ceremony then you mm -hmm. get your scars and you go um to the president's house then you get drunk at the president's house you know um and then you know you do your little parade it's yes. it's it's wait how do we get on this you started talking about <laughs> your growing up professional. Oh, yes, yes, um, yes. Mount Holyoke. Um, sorry, yeah, sorry. Mm -hmm. We, yeah. I could talk about Mount Holyoke. For, I miss it, but. Yeah, so I'll me. say, like, I felt for in college, like, college was a period of self-discovery for me. So I feel like I grew up in a household where you weren't allowed to express yourself. Um, that was just, like, a safety tactic. And I'm not saying I grew up with abuse or anything like that, but I'm saying we didn't have freedom to express ourselves. So when I got to college, I was like, I want to meet other black people. I want to learn about, you know, different things, people from different parts of the world, different cultures. I also went natural in college. So that was a whole thing. Um, I knew as a kid, I hated perms. It was always burning. I was getting perms like every four to six weeks. Like it was not good and my hair was broken. <laughs> and so college was a period of um, discovery mm -hmm. for me, but I'd say, I feel like, well, one, I'm kind of getting on the social aspect, but I said professional, talking more professional, I feel like socially, I've always kind of been in between spaces. So I'm naturally introverted, but I can also be extroverted when I need to be. I'm very observant and analytical. Um, so I can move throughout spaces. Um, I, I, I think I've mastered how to be safe in different spaces, as safe as you can be. So I kind of see what the norms are, what the established practices are, and I, that's how I move throughout a space. Um, but I feel like I've kind of always been in between worlds because I'm also like highly anxious and I <laughs> have high functioning anxiety. Um, so I feel like I don't know. There's always this thing of like being able to relate to people. Um, so I feel like I'm naturally, I'm naturally funny. I don't care. I think I'm the funniest person ever, but I feel like I can be like charismatic and likable and personable with people. But also I think because of like my high functioning, highly anxious side that impacts how close I'm able to get to people. And I think also just being a black girl um, I'd say that has non-traditional beliefs about the world. It makes it hard to navigate certain spaces. So if I'm talking about, um, I'm talking about black spaces, 
Um, so there's certain black spaces that I don't feel comfortable in. Uh, like I'm not for the homophobia, transphobia, all that. So like certain communities I'm not with, I hate capitalism. So these black elitists, uh, Jack and Jill hoes, like that's not my vibe. I grew up poor, <laughs> uh, the toxic Christians, like the virgins that were having sex, but didn't call it sex. Like that's not my vibe either. <laughs> so I feel like I've never really fit into, into a community per se. And so I think that's how that impacts me now. I'm always looking for opportunity and community with other people. Um, so I feel like because of that, I'm, I naturally try to reach out when I see like, you know, other black girls or other black people in my vicinity um, or other people that I just vibe with in general. And so I feel like I'm getting to that place now, but also I had to do a lot of unpacking and therapy about trusting people and letting people get close. Um, but I'll say professionally, I didn't feel no sense of belonging. Um, so my background is in chemistry, right? Being black in chemistry is tough. Even when you go to a historical women's college, um, they're like, we're all women. We're women in STEM. But it's like, I'm black and woman in STEM. Like it's different. <laughs> um, I'm black and in physics. That's yeah. Crazy. And I think I was like one of like two black people in our department or some shit. Um, and I was, I was a token black, let's just call a thing a thing. My face was everywhere. I was doing all the things, starting organizations, advocating for other students, like calling out racist professors. Like I did all of those things. Um, but I'd say professionally, I don't, I don't know what it looks like to have a sense of belonging professionally. And also now in the second year of this program, like I have, I have advisors, I have a research team, but it's also, I feel stuck in between two worlds. Cause I feel like in my personal life, like I'm pretty radical about my views, but my research is, is not. <laughs> uh, when you become a graduate student, there's, there's, there's margins and there's limitations to the, the work that you can do. Um, money controls a lot of that. And so I feel like professionally, I don't know what it's like to have a community and maybe that's something that'll come. <laughs> they're there, you can't see them, but they're all nodding their head. <laughs> yeah, we are like profusely like we if we um, could break our like, we look like bobbleheads. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I have friends and they have like, you know, their professional community and their family, but I'm still like finding that. But I'll say like Hannah, like obviously, like you're your family, you be like helping me out with so much stuff. Like I ask you about everything. But I, yeah, I think it's weird to when for I'll say for me when you're a young black professional and you're kind of watching the world but it's like also I have research to do so we're in a pandemic but it's like I have to knock out these requirements and it's like we're in a pandemic people are dying people are starving people are poor but I also got to write this paper and it's like I'm stuck in a weird place seeing all of that and it's just like do y'all not see this mm. but then it's also like in order to progress, I have to do these things. And I don't know, it's a weird dichotomy. Um, but yeah, I guess I wonder what it would look like to feel like I belong in a professional setting. Cause I feel like I, I never have. And mm -hmm. so I'm always trying to, I'm always making sure that I'm on my P's and Q's but that's also the highly functioning side of me. So I'm very organized, very analytical but that's also because you're not gonna say that this black girl ain't smart as fuck. Like I may, you know, have a bald head or I don't know, stutter sometimes. What? <laughs> what? It's real. Like Hannah knows. Hannah knows. 
research that we do, like it is like on the techie, uh, like yeah, those lab meetings <laughs> are scary. So you gotta be colorful as possible. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like when you see me show up, black girl, head wraps. Sometimes I have a bald head. Sometimes I have blue hair, pink hair. Like it's a different vibe. The the conferences that we go to, like you don't see people that look like me there. Um, so it's it's a weird place to navigate. Uh, but I also don't give into respectability politics. So fuck all that shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sense of belonging is is weird. I don't know what it's like to belong. And then another thing, you think you find community with people, but then it's like you fucked up too. I don't mm-hmm. like you. <laughs> you be like, oh, I got family, you know, especially as grad students. But then you like, uh, nah, we don't vibe like that. <laughs> that was a long rant. No, it was good. <laughs> it was good. I hope no, all the was, listeners are gonna be like bobbing the heads too. <laughs> I love the explanation for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was real. I, I would imagine that there's a lot of overlap with um, a lot of the things that you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like not to get Afro like pessimist because I don't necessarily <laughs> identify as an Afro pessimist, but I think for me, like, like Destiny could probably explain it or like vouch for me better than anyone else in this group. But like when I first started out grad school, you know, I was I was still kind of me, like kind of to myself. But once I met you and like, you know, you was cool, like we was cool. And then the pandemic happened and I just like went into myself like a lot. And I and I still am. I think I'm just going through like, you know, a moment of like introspection and like pause mm-hmm. that I didn't necessarily have, like, you know, growing up or in my early years of college. And so I kind of came to a point where I just realized that like for as far as academia, like I will never belong here because like academia functions and, you know, profits off of like my literal death. And like, you know, that was really hard for me to come to terms with, especially because, you know, I'm an active participant within academia. So it's like, you know, (laughs) it's like almost like being in an abusive relationship and then Mm -hmm. having like the understanding that it's abusive. Like that doesn't make it any easier. I would Mm -hmm. argue that makes it a little worse because I don't have like rose colored like glasses on. Like I know exactly the violence that I'm like getting every day. And then also honestly, like the violence that I enact just for being a part of this system. Like, you know, so I kind of got to a point where I realized like I'm never going to have a sense of belonging like in academia like or as like an academic professional I'm always going to have to split myself and be mm-hmm. like one raven you know when I'm like in one space and then mm-hmm. another raven when I'm in another space and so I think like I'm it's frustrating because I'm in a department that's like known for being you know, like social justice or, you know, like racially, racially, like understanding, like all that type of stuff. Um, And it touts it, like spouts itself as that. And then it also promotes this idea that because there's a lot of people of color, particularly black people within my department, that there's like no racism or there's no like sexism or, you know, like all these other things. But as a like black lesbian sex worker like with a disability like I can vouch like (laughs) motherfuckers Mm -hmm. is so problematic and like so like one note 
surface level. Um, I didn't feel a sense of belonging in undergrad. You know, this campus has a 5%, like, you know, of of Black people. Like, it's 5%. I think it's actually less than that. But it's it's around 5% of Black people. Yeah, it's not a lot of Black people on this campus. And a lot of Black people feel like a sense of camaraderie, like, with each other because many of us come from Chicago. So we have Mm -hmm. kind of, like, the the culturalness of Chicago to like you know talk about some of us like have seen each other or known each other because you know cities aren't that big but I mean an undergrad people were you know trying to get into these Jack and Jill Divine Nine like organizations (laughs) um social justice was a dirty word feminism was a dirty word um you know things like that the only thing that was okay was probably talking about racism because of course like amongst black people Black men benefit from getting rid of racism. So we talked about it, but Black men don't benefit from getting rid of much of anything else. So, you Mm -hmm. know, people are openly homophobic, slut shaming. And so now we're in a place where, you know, five, six years later, like it's almost a stain on you if you aren't talking about those things. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the people I went to undergrad with now, like, you know, they have it in their bio or, you know, they, they claim to be this and I'm all for growth. But in in that moment, I wasn't, I didn't have a sense of belonging. I was talking about the things that they now talk about six years later. Um, So it was was isolating because it was like, I'm going to stand on my morals and my values. But I knew knew that that came at a cost. And so I had a very small group of people that I considered, um, you know, considered to be my friends. And then, you know, I was in an abusive relationship with another black woman who was in a divine nine organization and like everyone kind of knew about it um and it just you know like it kind of didn't really matter so like at that point that's when I began to self-isolate because Mm -hmm. like it went from not having a sense of belonging to actually being ostracized and so that's also when I got into sex work and like I mean that in itself like that's that's like a whole different world like Mm -hmm. it's it's just a whole different world and while I did find like you know ways to survive and like re re re-empower myself from that and like almost like reclaim like my body my experiences through all of that it was also another way that I like didn't find a sense of belonging because it wasn't like I could just like talk to sex workers on campus like I might be out but I recognize that like other sex workers aren't and let me be clear there were sex workers on our campus um went to a club a strip club like 30 minutes away from here saw a couple of bitches that I've had classes with um Mm -hmm. so it wasn't that there wasn't anyone that was there like me it was just people you know couldn't talk about it for safety reasons like of course um and I understood that but I didn't understand how lonely it would be three, three and a half, yeah, three and a half years into, you know, me being like a black lesbian sex worker. And now in this grad program where everyone is just so fucking progressive, right? And like they're not, like it's super cap. And like, you know, I don't really have anyone that looks at black sex workers research wise to even really like have community with in that sense. Um, people 
I, I mean, there's been professors I've contacted like, hey, I've seen your work around this. I work with black sex workers. I would love to have a conversation with you. And they're like, oh, I don't really know too much about sex trafficking. And I said, oh, did you hear what I said? Because I didn't say Ooh. sex trafficking. Like I said sex workers. So academia still like, I mean, Google Scholar, type in black sex workers, not too much comes up like mm -hmm. at all. So it's hard for me to even like relate to like, like, you know, within academia, like having mm -hmm. a space to even talk about black sex workers. So I'm usually alone in like the perspectives I bring, the, the, even the literature that I read, because so much of like black sex worker and like whorehood, like literature is from, you know, like digital autoethnographies of like black sex workers. So their Twitters, um, you know, like their blogs, um, memoirs that they post. Cause I mean, they have memoirs. They like black sex workers write books about black sex work, but that's not something that I would expect like the random person in class to also have read. So mm -hmm. it's like, sometimes I can't even talk about that. And it's just, you know, I, I think I have found people that love and support me and like want me to win, want me to survive, want me to like, you know, be prosperous in my life. So I'm, I'm very happy for that, but it was a really long journey. And I would argue that just because I have people in my life that want that for me, doesn't mean that I have the community that sometimes is necessary, you know, for me to be able to talk about the things that are important to me. You know, sometimes my friends still have like whorephobic ideologies and, you know, it's nice that they love me so I can like tell them like, hey, like you don't want to say that or you don't want to do that. But it's still like it's it's like being the only black girl in a group of white girls. Like sometimes you just get exhausted. And mm -hmm. so I think the pandemic showed me that like that exhaustion happens a lot more than I was willing to admit beforehand because I could distract myself with going to the bars and us getting drunk or, you know, like all these things of just going outside. But when I'm at home by myself and I just have to like FaceTime you and listen to you say bullshit all day, <laughs> like I get tired, like I love you, but I get tired. So yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a space of self-isolating now. Cause I, you know, my journey through having like a sense of belonging was just kind of like a up and a down. Uh, really, it was just like more of a downward chart. Like, mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Um, Hannah, do you want to talk about sense of belonging, I guess, in any arena? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so where do I start? Um, I have a pretty basic story of belonging in terms of um, like growing up low income in a high income area, I guess, uh, with, with middle school and high school. Um, I guess I should preface it with um, that I'm mixed. I'm half Spanish and then half white Jewish. And so, um, and I'm, I also grew up low income. And so I grew up in a, uh, in a high income area. And so I guess like, it was in middle school when I, I guess I really started like feeling it. Um, in we, we, the, when I first uh, logged into to this podcast, um, you all were on the topic of hair and that like really hit home because starting in eighth grade, I straightened my hair like twice a week for three hours, like every single time. So that was like six hours a Ooh. week. And yeah, heat I damage. Was, like, 
Yeah. Okay. First of all, damage. Yes. That's like a whole other section, but yeah, like I was time, like there, it was so much that I would do anything to avoid water. Sometimes I would like skip showers during the week, like just like crazy shit that I was just like, I need to have my hair straight. I need to have my hair, no pool parties. Yes. Nothing. <laughs> oh my God. If there were pool parties, I was not going. I was just like, Oh, I want to tan. Like there was no water involved ever. So yeah, that was like starting in like seventh grade, I guess. Um, I, for the people who can't see me, um, I have like three C curls, but with all the damage and all the blonde dyeing that I did, like that was some crazy belonging shit that I have to like work through too. But like I dyed my hair for a really long time and I straightened it for a really long time. And so from three C, I went to like three B. I have like crazy damage in my hair that I have to work through, but that's a whole other story. But um, let's see, where do we go? So yeah, I have a pretty basic story with that. Um, I kind of like, it was weird because I wanted to fit in um, with mm -hmm. the hair, but I also like didn't want to fit in and I like hated it. And so like, I super like disidentified with anything dealing with the school. I was like always on academic probation and I like hated school and it was just like a really bad time for middle school and high school but then come um college I went to community college um for my first two years and I I actually feel like that was my first taste of belonging um it was like mostly like working students um and we were like all trying to work towards something but it was like part-time and I don't know, we could relate on a lot of things. And so that was like the first time where I felt like kind of good. And then I mm -hmm. transferred to Northeastern Illinois University, which is a Hispanic serving institution. And I feel like I learned so much about myself. That was when I first started going natural with my hair. And I became like a super activist in Chicago. And I like, it kind of like, at the beginning of this podcast, I was thinking like, what does belonging mean to me? And it was kind of like, I guess at first I was like, well, belonging means like being surrounded by people that are like you, but based on like our conversations and our experiences, I don't think that to be true at all. I think that belonging is like a space where you can be fully yourself and like be relaxed about it where you don't have to like think about what you're going to say beforehand and how you're going to say it and that's really what belonging is and I feel like at Northeastern University it was like where I felt the most belonging it was like working students it was Hispanic serving um and we were all pretty much like I was in sociology and Spanish and so we were all pretty like you know, mildly radical as much as radical as you can be in an institution. And yeah, so that was like a really good <laughs> that part. Yeah, right. So right, that even, part right, right is yeah. I won't even get into that. But also that's like a, that's a podcast yeah. episode. For yeah. sure. Tell that to these Come professors. <laughs> it's like you're a professor. Are you really radical? But anyways. Right. Exactly. And that's also <laughs> like obviously I think we all feel that like push and pull of like, you know, we hate academia, but we're in it and we're getting money from it. And they're fine like we're finally getting paid for shit that we kind of like to do. So it's like this, like it's <laughs> weird. It's it's weird. Yeah, I get it. But um but no, and so, and then come U of I, like, 
I never in a million years thought I would be at U of I and especially not in a PhD program. But like, I think that the people you surround yourself with, the people who hype you up and the people who, you know, it doesn't, I think it doesn't really matter if you're in like the middle of nowhere or in a big city, like as long as you surround yourself with um, people who, like someone said, uh, don't make you feel crazy to the point where you're constantly asking like, did, is that, am I crazy? Are they crazy? Like what just happened? Mm -hmm. um, that is belonging. So I have a pretty basic story with that. Um, but in terms like academically and professionally, um, I know that I've kind of like adopted the, the idea that uh, I guess we kind of have to finesse our way to getting the degree. And then after that, it's like, then we can kind of relax, I guess. But yeah, this whole process is, is a finesse process. But in terms of culture, I have kind of like a more unique experience. So as I said, I was, I'm half Spanish and half white Jewish. And so I was born in Spain and lived there until I was five years old. And then I came to the US um, with my mom and who, who was the white one. And so my dad is Spanish and my mom is white. And so I kind of have like a classic story of like being mixed and growing up with the parent who's like, who's the white one. And so I'm kind of a lot throughout the years, I kind of um, got to, I, I had to like figure out culture by my, not by myself, because my mom really did help. But um, it was like this weird thing, because I, I don't know, like at the U in the US, there's not any Spaniards, basically no Spaniards anywhere to be found. But um, because of the terrible history of colonization and all the shit that comes with that um my culture Spanish culture really relates to um Latino or Latinx culture and so we share the same language we share a lot of the same traditions we share a lot of the same family values um and so growing up in the U.S. since I was four years old and having Spanish be my first language I naturally and 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 um my mom was a dual language teacher um, in the US. And so I grew up in a Latinx community, um, but I'm not Latinx. So being from Spain, mm -hmm. I'm Spanish, I'm Hispanic because um, Hispanic means uh, anyone that comes from a Spanish speaking country, but Latinx means anyone um, from the, uh, the new Americas. So um, Central and South America and Mexico. And so I've always grown up like knowing that you know, I identify most with the Latinx community much more than the white community, um, but I'm not entirely part of that mm -hmm. Latinx community. And also I have to, it, it's my duty to bear the weight of the like atrocities that the Spanish country and the Spanish culture has done to the Latinx community. So yeah, my story of, of belonging is like, really complex and really multi-layered mm -hmm. um there's like all these language ideologies like i remember in high school i went to a mostly white high school and high income um i remember spanish courses were just for ap really high performing students and i could never get into them but um after some pushback and after some talk with the principal like i finally got into one and i remember playing like a game some type of like review game. And I went up to the board and I like wrote what I thought the answer was. And it was like, 
I remember being like totally laughed at because I, it was like my first time in academic Spanish. Like I had never learned to read or write Spanish. I had only learned to speak it. And all of like the people in the class had learned like through AP courses. And so like, everyone was like, don't you speak Spanish? Like, aren't you from Spain? And I was just like, yeah, but like I was only writing what I had heard. Um, so I feel like, I don't know, I live in this like, I still live in like kind of like an in-between world. It's like your classic story of like being mixed, but there's like also like a layer of like, um, you know, identifying most with a community that you're not a hundred percent part of, but mm -hmm. you are kind of. So yeah, there's those complexities. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think identity, like you can't separate sense of belonging from identity. Right. Um, and this is again week one, so we'll learn more about it. <laughs> Do you want to say anything to Mia? Yeah, um, Hannah, I I empathize with you, and I understand it because I'm a first generation Caribbean, um, uh, Caribbean American, right? Mm -hmm. And so i'm in between i'm in between right. the motherland and i'm in between america you know like even though i was born here my culture is from jamaica but i wasn't born in jamaica so i don't feel truly jamaican but right. yet you know i also um my ancestors are from africa right and so like there's a whole i i i've all i still have very like i'm still trying to learn to dissect that and find where i am because um, especially like this past summer with the whole um, George Floyd stuff um, and being like no I'm black in America like regardless that I may consider myself Caribbean or Jamaican and like I'm not the no I'm black in America like you know like having mm -hmm. to be having to understand like there's a there's a there's a wonderful thing about being able to like fluidly hop through and relate to um you know certain aspects of of other things but also feel like you're still missing something missing 100% missing like you're like what truly am I like how how do I is there anyone else like me you know and I have met people um you know my best friend she and I kind of fit in that same boat you know um so I, I really empathize and I understand um, how you feel. Um, you. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like this constant state of like floating. Like yes. I realize that like you and I and probably everyone on this call, but like multicultural people are like really good at floating yeah. and being part of like mm -hmm. multiple things yeah. without that deep root anywhere yeah mm -hmm. code switching just yep. kind of yeah yeah so true so true but i mean when yeah yeah it's it's really it's a wow that was great mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm like i'm my mind is yeah here. <laughs> it's also i think it's also like a survival tactic mm -hmm. um no, like some, sure. sometimes like actual safety like life or death but then also like yeah interpersonally no one wants to be ostracized or mm -hmm. I don't know to to be ridiculed um so it's very much like you know I'm just gonna do what I can to fit in mm -hmm. until yeah. I can get to you know wherever I'm trying to go mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm 
Yeah. And it's like, where are we trying like, to go? What's the end point? Right. It's like I have to disassociate myself from a particular group in order to like maintain safe with mm-hmm. another particular group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's what how it, how it plays into professional life because we've learned to do that in our personal life. We just it's just another thing that we have to learn to do in that like professional realm. But um, I don't know. I feel like I have a little bit different experience professionally than, I mean, I have similar, but it's also very different because um, in the fit, I went into physics. I, I went to uh, ma- majority black and Hispan- uh, Hispanic um, school um, uh, in the Bronx uh and all my classmates were were black or hispanic we did physics i enjoyed physics you know not a lot of people enjoyed it it's not a subject that people are like i'm finna do that in college um and so i didn't find it weird but then when i got into college and then went to a pwi i was like oh this is what it's like didn't know that but I was like, okay, I'm still a woman, so maybe I can find some <laughs> <laughs> relationship that way. And I did. Like, I met, like, really good people um, out of that. But when it came to, like, discussing what next or, like, what am I going to do with this degree, it was, like, there's, like, a bigger world that I didn't know existed. I kind of just was studying the subject because I was interested in it and liked it. Um, and then it's like, okay, now how are you going to use it? I was like, oh, I got to use it now. Um, and so I was say, I mean, I give props to my advisor. She's really great. I love her. And um, I'm so thankful for her for like advocating for me, even though I didn't, I didn't realize like what was happening. I was just kind of going through the motions and her pushing me to be like are you going to do summer research like this is what the expectation is because I'm coming in I don't know like how this is like I I I know when I was there my first summer I came back home and I worked because that's what I just thought how college was you went to school then you come back home you work and then you go back to school Mm -hmm. and then as you get into it more you're like no you should be looking at internships I was like internships Mm-hmm. Oh, you're supposed to be doing REUs. REUs, what are those? Mm-hmm. Um, so like my first summer, I stayed in that area and I worked in a theater company. I loved it. I did, but it was like grunt work, you know, kind of like grunt work. Um, and then, cause that was like fulfilling on one end of the spectrum for me in terms of my double major. Um, but then my second summer, she was like, yeah, what are you going to do? And I was like, um, I don't know. Um, I don't want, I just knew I didn't want to be in a lab. I didn't want to be inside. And so she turned me to do like physics education research. Um, and when people think physics education research, it, it's um, like education, like physicists love numbers and graphs and data. Um, and, you know, I like that. That's cool. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I still wanted to be human. Like, I still wanted to be relatable. Like, again, how many black physicists do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got to my REU. Like, I just wrote an authentic REU. Like, I do theater. I do physics. 
I don't know where this is gonna get me but I like I just I just was me like I just kind of put that out there and then you know I met my my mentor um Dr. Simone Hyder Adams um and she was like I will take you under my wing little child um and like she showed me like this whole new realm of how you can be professional you know but she also had to break through her own her own way of um developing professionally in her life and um but you know what back to me like because another black woman had advocated for me it didn't feel weird Mm -hmm. switching professionally Mm -hmm. And that is what I think is really important and unique to my experience. Because once I had someone who I knew looked like me, I didn't have to feel uncomfortable about being in spaces that were, that, that, that contradicted every, my entire being. Like, because she, if she was able to do it, then I was able to do it. And along the way, I met a lot of cool people who are doing the same stuff as me and talking about the same stuff and like creating stuff and like, like Twitter, Twitter, Twitter is the most amazing place I've I've ever found. If you don't go too deep in it, I'll try not to go like it's it's good and bad. Yeah, yeah. Like I found like my whole co- entire like tribe on Twitter because of like just meeting people and knowing like mm-hmm. there are more black physicists out there and they're doing dope stuff. And we are, um, you know, just like working collectively and collaboratively uh, together to make mm-hmm. these, to make, prof- to make spaces within professional, you know, yeah. that are not deemed professional or mm-hmm. um, create knowledge. Share yeah. knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, um, you know, it's been, it's been a very, rewarding and reassuring process that of my sense of belonging into this field because you know after undergrad I reached a point where it's like I didn't even want to look at it anymore and I still tried it out I still pushed I was like no we're gonna fight these feelings and we're gonna go through it and Mm -hmm. I did that but it also cost me you know a lot of my own mental mental health like like mental health and so I was like I can't prioritize going and getting this degree and being in a space that wants me for the numbers and not really to like work with me and help me like I had the biggest one I felt like I had the biggest imposter syndrome when I went off to grad school um and I mean there was a professor who I really really liked and really like advocated for me like I like cried in his office because he was a person of color and like I was like all right well I'll try to be trained you know and I wasn't I was doing it I and the only reason why I was comfortable to do that was because he he didn't judge me he, or he didn't feel like I just I guess it was just a lot of my own shame that was coming on to me like we were going over like simple geometry like a line a point and and like and I I I just I didn't know what the heck we was talking about and I mean maybe that's that comes from a background of like not knowing anybody who does this stuff like literally mm-hmm. I don't know any black people who does physics or does math or goes up into um you know higher ed and persevered you know in my personal life yes it's fine we got Neil deGrasse Tyson I don't know Neil deGrasse Tyson he's far away from me you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying <laughs> like He's light years away. That was a physics <laughs> Hannah's so nice for uh, life. That's what, that's what, that's what we just try to do. 
Like when you're looking to like find people that maybe have the same interests as you mm-hmm. or are in the same kind of like isolation that you may be feeling, they throw you these famous old halfway dead random people Ooh. you ain't ever Sorry, fucking met. You ain't ever been in a room with, and they're like, "Why do you feel so alone?" Yeah, I'm, I'm not understanding. You have one of somebody, and it's like, them. "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> they'll be like, "Here, meet this black person." But they they don't do the research that I want to do. But they're just black. Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> is an astrophysicist. Okay, he studies the stars. He talks about the universe. I I'm. As now, you know, as I'm growing, I'm learning more. Like, I'm actually like, wow, the, the universe is fascinating. Okay, Neil, I see what you did there. But, like, I had, mm-hmm. you know, I want to discover that on my own. I don't want somebody to just, like, feed me this information and be like, there you go. Mm-hmm. You got your blacks. For yeah. Like, I think, yeah, I think also, since we're mostly talking about, like, professional education, um, we're all in higher education, right? Um. I think, so from your story to Mia, it's like you you had this black woman, right? That's like, I'm gonna take you under my wing. And so it's like, typically in higher education, these are white spaces. The cultural norms are typically, you know, dominant culture, which is like white people. And, but then it takes, you know, unless there are people breaking that mold and establishing other norms and practices, it's just gonna be, it's gonna benefit white people. It's gonna manifest and, things are going to play out in ways that aren't beneficial or accessible for other communities. Unless you have people breaking that mold and stepping in and being like, hey, I see this person, maybe they need some help because there's a lot of unspoken, unwritten things that happen when you navigate higher education. Unless you have people that are conscious of that and then acting on it, um, you just kind of get left behind. And so I think that's why like a lot of people, you know, they come to college or they start graduate school and they have all these interests and ideas and all these passions. And then they kind of get dwindled down because they're like, no one is helping me. I don't feel welcome here. And it's not like someone's calling you nigga. Like, it's like, no one talks to me when I come to the department meetings. I come to the seminars and they act like I'm not here or they tell jokes and I don't understand them and I don't feel comfortable here. Like. There's like a lot of unwritten, unspoken things that happen. And they're like, well, we're nice white people. Why are you, why, why you feel like you don't belong? Because I don't understand. And it's like, it's so much more than that. You have to understand, well, I'm speaking for me as a black woman. I'm a black woman. So like, I need someone to be straight up. Like you are going to face these barriers and these difficulties and you have to be aware of them. Mm-hmm. and not just acting like they're not there. And then I go up there looking all funky mm-hmm. and you tell me my shit's raggedy. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to be real with people. And so I think yeah. another thing of sense of belonging, it's like, you have to care about me. You have to care about my safety. And like, if shit gets real, you're going to be there for me and whatever that may look like. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just dance around, you know, mm-hmm. things like I'm a black woman. You got to tell me straight up, like, what is the space I'm walking into? How am I going to be perceived? Like, mm-hmm. I have to have these credentials because, you know, I'm black. Like I'm already, yeah. I'm already at a disadvantage in these spaces so I think that's but I also think like they expect us to know both no I guess for black people and even people of color like we know that we have to know both histories our history and white history Mm. and white people don't walk around with that same luxury they don't Mm -hmm. take the time to 
fig, you know, try to understand or look at it from our point of view. Um, and I think that's where it comes with that, you know, sense of belonging. Like, if you want us to be involved, if you, you know, you say we need the numbers, then you need to figure out what that means to you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you, you have to, yeah, you have to cultivate an environment right. that is helpful and beneficial. Mm-hmm. So like classroom, we're all on Zoom, right? Maybe that one black student ain't talking. Why is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could all be the friendliest people but it's yeah. like if your conversation and your tone and your mannerisms don't vibe with me I'm gonna sit here and play it safe because I don't know what the fuck is about to happen yeah. and so it's it's so much more than just being educated about the issues or just being nice people and being allies like it's and your day-to-day, like, what does it look like? Are you going out of your way to make sure someone is comfortable? Mm-hmm. Um, and not just, well, they're not saying anything, so we're just going to leave it. Like, I think also, like, that inaction, like, when you're, when you have marginalized identities, you pick up on when people are not speaking about certain things or not doing certain things. Um, and even that can come from, like, Black people, that can come from PLC, low income. Like, we can all be complicit in that, um, so I think that's just something that I know. I think a lot about spaces and how I'm perceived yeah. in spaces and how other people are perceived mm-hmm. and how even the things that you don't say, um, just, you know, being, um, it, it sets a tone and it sends a message. Um, and I don't, I don't even want to go into no personal examples, but Hannah knows I, I could probably think of one or two right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I was kind of like, like, oh, go ahead. I was saying that's kind of what I'm writing about, like, you know, for my thesis, like sometimes, like you said, sometimes it's not about what the group does or, you know, says it's about what they don't do or what they don't say. And so like, you know, I'm interrogating um, like the concept of like black whorehood on college campuses, specifically in terms of like student ran organizations. And, you know, it's not like you can really have a student ran organization that is dedicated to the advancement and, you know, uplifting of Black whores. Like mm-hmm. you, I mean, it, it's probably illegal with these laws that we have now about like, you know, um, sex workers, but you know, there there are no like campus resources for Black mm-hmm. whores. Whereas, you know, when you think about women, there's a usually like a gender study center or something like that. Or when you think about like, you know, the different racial categories, there's usually different like, you know, racial houses. I know here at our school, it's one called like, you know, BNAC, like the black house. And like, you know, for Latinx students, it's like La Casa. And so like, there are places like that, but there's no place like that for, you know, like sex workers. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. like, And even when you think of student-ran organizations, like you have one for like Black journalists, you have one, you know, for Black lawyers, you have one for Black athletes, like you have one for Black women, for Black women in STEM, like it's all these different things that are great, but there's like none for like Black sex workers. And you know, there's, at least on this campus, there wasn't really any for like Black lesbians either, Not, not that I knew of, and I still don't know of it. And so, you know, that's just really like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like these groups will say like, well, if you are a black sex worker and you come here, we're not going to like oppress you. And it's like, if I'm not built into your curriculum, if I'm not built into your personal pedagogy, if I'm not built into like 
you as a person specifically going out of your way to make sure that I feel like I can be there, then you've already failed. Like you're just hoping that I'll mm-hmm. show up and not be offended. And I'm not going to like take a chance on that. Mm. Definitely. I was just going to say um, like being in, in this program, it's like the researchability of things. Like I've gotten so many closed doors with like people, you know, PIs or advisors or people saying, you know, like, well, that's not really like researchable. Like, how would you really research that? You know? And it's just like, that's such a common excuse of just not wanting to go there mm-hmm. of, of, you know, people in charge just being like, you know, I, I don't know how you would really research that. So next topic, but yeah, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, I think that's something that's particular too. Yeah. And I think, yeah, as you say, Hannah, like as graduate students, that also impacts like your sense of belonging and wanting to stay in a program and thinking about, you know, your future career endeavors, like, because it's like, there's limitations on what you can do as a researcher, especially as graduate students, like we, we really don't have no power. (laughs) Um, So that's also like a, yeah, it's a real reality. Mm -hmm. Fight the power. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Okay, so side note that um, I don't know. Well, this is off topic. We'll talk about this later. I I, I wanted to uh, just share. I don't know if you guys heard about what happened on Wall Street um, with the entire. Um... <laughs> Destiny's like no. So a head, yeah, with Game with GameStop. So um, a hedge fund company betted on. Um, betted that GameStop and AMC would um flat out like fall on their face um I'm sorry I'm laughing I have so many thoughts on this keep going um, yeah so they 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 betted against <laughs> that they um would fall flat on their face um and then what happened was um the, wrong. yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much all the all the regular folks like us were like oh bet and they bought up all the stock and they lost billions of dollars, billions of dollars. And so Robinhood, which is the app, which a lot of people use, they were like, nah, y'all can't do that, which is a, which is legal. But it just goes to show you the capitalism and the privilege and the way that um, the rules are made to be written for um people who are considered not wealthy or people um, at the bottom yeah people at the bottom and so what 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 Hannah triggered me was there was this little girl and it's an old old show um someone from from Mount Holyoke uh Michelle had posted a a a a clip and it was a little black girl she has a mic and she's like today we are going to um what is it expose Wall Street (laughs) She's like, oh no, we're gonna exploit those. She and then she went up to all the white men and was like, "Who are you exploiting today?" <laughs> the white people. <laughs> the white men were like, "What are you? What are you talking about? Who am I exploiting?" Um, I don't think I'm gonna be exploiting anyone today. Not yet. I'm like, "What are you? What? 
And some, you know, some white men, they literally walked away from this little black girl. And the black girl was like, you can't run away from me. I'm a child. He's like, I got to go to work. So that's capitalism. And she's like, she goes off and she's She's like, like, burn, Wall Street, burn. (laughs) The most funniest video I've ever seen. And I'm like, why don't we have this anymore? Um, I'm like, she went up to one white guy and she was like, Sir, where will you go when the revolution starts? Like, where were you hide? And he was like, under my bed. <laughs> Two of them said that. And I just, it brought me back to January 6th. And I was like, oh, really? Oh, really? Y'all go, there's a revolution. And, and the people who need to be doing action is going to be hiding under their bed. So anyways, that was just a funny tidbit. Yeah. But, um. How about for this? I know this is a very we're having right now a um, riveting conversation, um, and I feel like this should be a part two type thing. Yeah, maybe once we like read some of the papers, you know, we'll come back in a few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, maybe, maybe course. Yeah, after we have some like an autoethnography of our original reflection. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can track the changes that happen along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Maybe we should close out because I know a lot of people mm-hmm. have to go. Um, and I do maybe like the takeaways for from 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 like what we we're just talking about. Like maybe wrap up what belongingness feels like to us in three words. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's like a yeah. Just kind of get out. You know, whatever you felt like you wanted to say, but you didn't really. You know, mm-hmm. have the I don't know. You couldn't really think of it in the moment. Um, but yeah, just any closing thoughts that you have. And thank you so much. We yeah. appreciate it. Thank no, y'all thank for you asking me to be here. Like, <laughs> like it's an honor, seriously. Right. I think Hannah said it said it really, really well when she was just like, yeah, like belonging doesn't necessarily have to happen with people who look just like you or have the same exact experiences, you know, as you. I think that's a really good start to like what we're probably gonna learn in the course (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah um I guess yeah my takeaway is uh belonging is anywhere you could uh just not like not think about code switching and just kind of just be who you are when you're you know you have your slippers on and you're watching your favorite show and you're drinking wine it's like that's belonging. Um, I mean, not so much literally, because you're never going to feel that way in like academic or professional settings, but just places where you're not like having to think beforehand and run through sentences in your head before you say them. Um, My takeaway from this was that belonging is so subjective and multifaceted has so many layers and there's no real way of defining it besides talking to people so this was spectacular mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel belonging right now mm-hmm. this was great you know and we you know we just met but to have <laughs> these types of conversations you know what I'm saying like I want to meet people who Okay. Oh, well, back to the theme of belongingness. I'm I'm actively looking for people who want to create conversations that are not just how's the weather today, you know, just surface stuff and grow and learn and like challenge me to think about my own um, 
actions in the spaces that I um, choose to be or the spaces that I, I, um, I put in and making sure that I'm respectful to others um, and not being, yeah, not like hurting or actually um, just offending anyone, you know? So um, belong, I guess to wrap up my belongingness, yeah, belongingness is just uh, a space finding a space finding a a place where you are comfortable one with yourself but also comfortable with the people around you yeah simple sweet and simple (laughs) destiny last word take it away yeah yeah i was trying to think um i think (laughs) found us out Every everyone said it belonging. Yeah, I'd like Hannah's point. Belonging doesn't mean that it's just with people that look like you. Um, I think belonging to me means you value me, you value my life, um, not just what I produce. Um, You value my thoughts, my ideas um, and just care. Belonging feels good. Um, It feels comfortable. Um, So I think that's what belonging is to me. Uh, And that is the end of this segment thank you for joining in on us joining in on us i'll be saying some weird stuff and my words don't be making no 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 goddamn sense i'm so sorry thank you for joining us in our gather round and grow section i guess we should really call this the gather round and grow section not just gather round gather gather oh yeah i was thinking like circle yeah but yeah you know you gather around the circle or like you know you normally gather around like an area, but we'll be gathering around on Zoom. Gather. That's what this is called. <laughs> thank you, ladies. This was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. We'll thank be back. If you've made it to this part of the episode, <laughs> thank you. Yes. Um, we know we're we are long-winded people, but like when black people and people of color get together and congregate, we can be chatting for hours. Yes. That's literally how I think our culture, I mean, our culture is built on oral history. Like mm-hmm. that's how we pass stories to generations, yep. generations where it's so through food too, but we're online, but you know, yeah. if you're in person would be food yeah <laughs> food jokes drinks oh music it would just oh man that that whole set uh you know that whole segment just reminded me of back in college when we were just sitting in the dorm and just chilling and mm-hmm. and just laughing and having a good time i miss those things yeah you just feel good you feel relaxed mm-hmm. you're you're not thinking you're just just being right and enjoying right, right. So we're going to do our last section, self-care accountability for the next two weeks. Um, I want to say we, so we normally talk about like our guilty pleasures, but I want to change that language because like, you know, pleasuring yourself, you know, indulging yourself, that shouldn't be a guilty thing. Um, Because I think it, 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 it affirms like when you say guilty pleasure, you're also like reinforcing that caring for yourself is is somehow wrong Mm -hmm. and we're like no that that should be priority so reward yourself you know this rewarding yourself is not something that comes 
after you've done something and pushed your point, pushed yourself to the point of exhaustion. Um, so we want to normalize here, indulging in yourself and treating yourself and loving on yourself. Cause if you don't, who else will? Yeah. Not the government. <laughs> and she does it again. <laughs> Capitalism. Boom. Save me out. That's what it is. Oh my gosh. Uh, so do you want to go first? Or I? <laughs> um, I can go first. I was trying to think. Yeah, I think so me, since we're back in classes, um, and I've been getting up earlier. So I've been, I've been trying to go to bed at the same time. So I'm like, I want to be asleep by 11 o'clock and I've been getting up at six 30 in the morning. Um, because I like, I like starting my day I don't like jumping into my day. I like easy into it. So I want to wake up, mm-hmm. make myself a cup of tea. I want to journal, maybe read a little bit, mm-hmm. pray. Um, and then I'll like shower and get dressed and get ready. I like kind of easing into my morning. And when I wake up later, I find that it's like shower. Okay, need to be in front of my computer. And I don't like that kind of hectic jump into my day. Yeah. Um, because like I'm working from home. So like things take longer. And so it's like, I'm already going to be working, you know, full day. So I want to eat, I want to start my day by treating myself. Wow. Yeah. Um, so one day this morning, I got up a little early and I was like, hmm, I feel like taking a bath. And I was like, I guess I'm gonna take a bath. And so I took a bath right when I woke up, you know, set up candles, oh, and the bubbles. What the hell you? <laughs> and it was, it was like a random Wednesday. And I was like, you know what? Yes. And I had a great day. I was very productive throughout the day and I was in a good mood. And so I'm going to try to keep that going. Oh, my God. You're the dog. <laughs> a, a bath? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. What about you, sis? Oh. I've been neglecting um, my self-care for the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and... What usually when that happens is because I've re- you know I've I had a really bad something has triggered me, um, mm-hmm. and so I struggle to um, to find my way back out from it. Um, but I'm going to start again. I feel a little bit a bit better now um, because I've addressed that concern and stopped putting it off as to like what um, what uh, what was bothering me. Um, and I won't get too into that. Destiny knows we did, we talked about the, we did a drink bonus content. Um, but, um, I guess my self care, I, so last week, Friday, uh, again, I'm a creative person and I need to do something creative. I'm a hobby hopper. I don't know if I talked about this last week, but, uh, this last week, Friday, I didn't do anything except I sat in front of my desktop and I watched, uh, the new, a new series. I've been every Friday for some reason, like I'm just starting to watch new shows on Netflix, Mm -hmm. um, because I, I'm trying to widen my array of like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to watch today, but like Mm -hmm. actually finding like, I didn't like some of these shows are actually really good. And like, if I just gave myself the time to sit down and just so last week friday i binge watched um i think it's called what is it called 
something saga some some faith faith the the wick saga or something like that and it's about witches and fairies and all that other cool stuff i like um i like a lot of like sci-fi and magic and Mm -hmm. um magic realism i'm a big harry potter person and i did that and i crocheted i started crocheting a skirt Mm -hmm. um destiny didn't know i crocheted until after i graduated yes i didn't lived with her for two (laughs) whole years i never had the opportunity to i was too busy you didn't create the opportunities oh wow drag me drag me (laughs) no that that's how my therapist be i'll be like oh i didn't ask for that i'm not paying for you to drag me i'm not definitely not so (laughs) i i did that it's not done yet but uh maybe it will get done i don't know sometimes that happens like i sometimes i just need that ritual of creating something and Mm -hmm. to get that out of my out of myself um get that juice out because I get I get anxious when I'm not doing something creative or so um yeah so I don't know if that's gonna still stay my guilty pleasure because that also takes a lot of like actual manual labor um but I know that I have what I've been doing though recently I've been every morning I get up um and I'm trying to get back into this ritual I get up I open the Bible app and I read today's verse of the day I I listen to the um they have like the stories now on the Bible app where you can click on it and listen to sermons so I do that every morning um just to ground myself and try to set my intentions with God for the day and some like some of these verses like just speak to me like this is Mm -hmm. what you need to um, focus on today and remember Um, and I may not do that throughout the day but I know that I've started my morning off with good intentions and like yesterday yesterday had a really good day with um, my job and um, because I had been feeling very down about about it um, and discouraged Mm -hmm especially now with the start of the new semester and knowing I have a bigger workload. So it was really rewarding to kind of see how the actions that the intentions that I've been setting in the morning have been reflecting out through my day and how that's been changing. Um, And uh, yeah, so I'm going to keep continuing to do that. Um, And oh, I mean, I guess like part of my self-indulgence has been like playing on my switch. but sometimes I don't feel like that's self-indulgent because I do feel guilty because I'd be I do that when I'm supposed to be working. But I know I need to set better routines. That's something mm-hmm. I've I've struggled with. Uh, my routines are off, on and off. So, um, yeah, yeah. I guess that that's that's about it. Mm-hmm. I realize I'm not talking close to the mic, so you may not hear me. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Not something to say. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I like I like the Bible app, but I have a gripe with them. Ah, uh, because I, I was I like doing their their plans. I like some of the ones around anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was looking for like plans directed for like women, and a lot of those plans directed for women are like about weight loss, <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Oh no, and physical what? fitness. Like, look right now. <gasps> There's like a bunch of plans about like how to be healthy and lose weight and be healthy for Jesus. And I'm just like, what? Yikes. Wow. So that irritated me. I was just okay. like, I, 
Do you see them? There's like a section for like women's topics. Let me and it's see like, this. Well, like, I haven't even looked at the topics because I don't, Some I, sometimes I don't even stick with the plans that they have. Like I'll start it and then I won't finish yeah. it. There are, there, some of the plans are hit or miss. Most of mine are, have to do with anxiety and, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's literally anxiety about work. Um, how to overcome anxiety, the source of peace, um, understanding God's person purpose, listening mm-hmm. to God. Like, do you know, what's her name? She's a Christian mental health advocate. She's actually really good. Um, I think it's Brittany Moses. She's big on social media. She has a podcast too. <laughs> okay. I'll I check think- her out. Yeah, I think she runs the the IG page. It's like Christian mental health or some okay. shit. Um, mm-hmm. No, I, I, I like her plans. It. I think you'd like it. Okay. But no, I saw that and I was irritated. I was like, why? Um, but no, I, the Bible, it's, it's, it's all right. Yeah, that, that, again, <laughs> I use it to read the Bible and I use it to do the daily the daily word. Yeah. Um, and that's about it I, I don't use it in the plans I never finished those plans those plans mm-hmm. I've, I've had from maybe 2018 I just haven't finished them <laughs> that's how it goes so um but I also saw that you had your crystals in your hand while you were talking yes amethyst over there very yes cute. my other ones there mm-hmm. in the room so I charged them last night and I did oh, I, I guess that was in my self-care because it was a full moon so I asked my sister I was like, what do you do with the crystals on the full moon and all of that? And so she gave me like- this, I need to get into more of that. I this know. ceremony to do. So it was about forgiveness and gratitude. Oh, wow. I'm not well-versed in the crystals. I'm I mean, still learning. I, I am and I am not. Like mm-hmm. I know my, I, I, so I use garnet heavily because garnet is for depression. Um, hmm. Yeah. Garnet. What is that? Oh, that's a stone? yeah stone yeah I don't know what that one is yeah so I use garnet a lot um and she's been I have two of them and they were like little balls and Mm -hmm. you remember how when we were talking when we had when you first started up like the zoom discussions and everything like that and we're talking about crystals with um genesis and and stuff Mm -hmm. and she's like how her crystals change that crystal has definitely taken on like it's been changed like I've, I've like observed how the crystal it's like slowly getting flatter oh um, they change shapes yeah like she's oh. literally they don't I mean usually they're rock so it doesn't happen but because I use her so much like oh. she's literally I wish I could find her they were in my pocket they were in my pocket hmm. earlier ago um but I'll show you I wish I had taken a picture of like them the before and the after but yeah um I use Mm -hmm. garnet and the reason actually the reason how I got into crystals is um because of I don't know you don't watch this it's it's Steven Universe it's a cartoon show I may watch it my sister keeps telling me to you didn't you should watch it it's a really good show about forgiveness and the crystal gems are it's like mm-hmm. it's it's just amazing it's it and even though it's a cartoon for it it helps kids be more versed and intact with their emotions and i'm like where was this when i was a kid so um yeah but garnet hold on let me um mm-hmm. bring it up i don't want this i feel like we should do an episode on like crystals or something mm-hmm. i definitely think so yeah. yeah bring someone in yeah for sure we'll talk about it so garnet is 
um, use for manifesting purposes. Um, and um, it's a spiritual, uh, spiritual stone for higher thinking and self-empowerment. It's, an, it's a stone for strength and safety. Um, but when I got it, so the healing properties of garnet are to purify balance, bring serenity or passion. Um, but it also, for me, garnet, garnet just has helped me with my, yeah. Every time I put mm-hmm. her under my pillow, like I forget to use her when I need to. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they have like different types of garnet. My gar- I'm trying to find where mine is. Um, but if I could find, hold on, I'm gonna go find. You know what? It's okay. Mm-hmm. I thought she was. Yeah. Friend. So I, that's another thing I've but been yeah. doing. Um. So like, I notice when I'm in Zoom meetings, like I get anxious because I need to do something with my hands. Mm-hmm. But it's like I'm just sitting in front of the computer. Um. So now, like, when I have to talk or I have presentations, I just hold a crystal in my hand, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what keeps me. Yeah, that's what I used. Yeah, I used to do that. I used to bring them with me to class in graduate school um when I was sitting in a quantum class because I don't know (laughs) what was happening nice professor still don't know what that physics part is it's like particles that are it's at the it's in the same place at two times it's weird it's (laughs) that part of physics I I don't I don't want to talk about it but anyways um do we want to is there, I don't know if I have is any. there any area you want to be held accountable I think that's the last thing we'll end on mm-hmm. I don't know yet mm-hmm. um yeah I haven't really been in the mood for yoga mm-hmm. which is bad I think it's more maybe my what I want to be accountable is for is setting a better routine for myself and less social media uh and yeah and breaks so like even like last night when my friend told me oh like Cicely Tyson died I was gonna go on face on on social media and like scroll through everything and then I was like no because everybody's gonna be talking about it and it's just gonna make you sad mm-hmm. um so I literally was like no Tamia um, put it down. Don't, I didn't even open it. Like I didn't touch my phone. I didn't, I think I t- stopped touching my phone at eight and didn't touch it for the rest of the night. Cause I'm like, and I pushed myself to work, but I need to get back into like the, the 25 minute work and then five minute breaks because mm. I realize I can't work for a long stretch of period of time. Cause I, I get <laughs> with me, I can work for 15 minutes and then I get agitated. And then I, 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 so with that timer I'm like oh I only have like 10 minutes left I can do this and then push through so that's what I have to get back into so that's where that's my accountability there Mm -hmm. okay yeah oh and I'm also gonna try something new I bought a nail kit because I want to do my nails Um, as you should yeah I was looking at them and I was like you know what let me yeah. be a little feminine and snatch somebody. Because mm-hmm. or... black men, we talk with our hands, so I feel like the nails. When your nails are done, you just be extra with it. You know, you're a teacher, yeah. No, don't say that. Oh, you said you're an educator. Okay, we'll cut that out. I thought you said that at one point. No, it's okay. No, no I no, did say I said I was an educator, but no, no, it's okay. <laughs> you don't have to cut it out. 
educator and teacher what what does that mean i don't want nobody to find me let me stop i'm a whole i'm in whole magazines yeah you're not out here like you know Mm-hmm. being wild or irresponsible and there's whole like white supremacist teachers so oh yeah i'm not definitely they, not that that were at the capitol and they're like aren't you a teacher <laughs> so mm-hmm. you're right you're right let me stop <laughs> i'm gonna be proud of my profession yes i am a teacher <laughs> it's just it's um high demanding and i love it and i'm tired mm-hmm. um so yeah what about you what are you trying to keep accountable um I think for me and I'll just put this out there for anyone listening um self-compassion and grace Mm. um life is hard right now things are hard um and if you're waking up each day and you're trying you know that's a start you will slip up some days you may not do anything and that's okay and not beating yourself up um because that's that's more detrimental it's like well shit I didn't do anything today and then you start going in your brain and calling yourself all these names and it's like no like be self-compassionate and be like you know what I didn't get as much as I wanted to get done today and that's okay mm-hmm. and you just you push forward the next day um so I'm really working on the, mm-hmm. the self-compassion and grace yeah I'm working on gratitude Oh, that's what I've done too. I started writing, you know how I did the Sunday affirmations on our, you know, mm-hmm. on our social media. I put those affirmations on my wall. So I have been doing, I'm starting those affirmations and trying to get into that as well. So yeah, my self, my self care, like, is like a, like a, I don't even know. It's like the Wizard of Oz gotta follow the yellow mick road or something like that and i'm at different steps in it so yes and you know the audience the listeners you know how you can help us self-care you can donate to our website what a nice plug yes and what you guys you may not know starting a podcast is not free you don't just record stuff and it goes out into the universe Mm -hmm. you have to pay to start a podcast Mm -hmm. and we are graduate students. We do mm-hmm. not make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Even we- yes, even though I am a professional, I am a young professional who still yes. don't make a lot of money. And we're in a panorama. We are both black women. Mm-hmm. Um, so the odds are are already against us. Um, yes, we didn't we, get yeah. a loan from our rich family members to start this. We- nah, we didn't get a small loan of one million dollars. <laughs> okay, not all of us can be. <laughs> 45 yeah we're getting you, it out the mud wait did you hear that uh mary laga is gonna kick him out because he can only stay they came up with agreement he could only stay there for seven days consecutively and only 21 days for the year my mama shit that i started crying anyways we don't no. gotta talk about him but yes any amount you donate helps like seriously mm-hmm. uh we, we just want to be able to break even at this point yeah and i mean if we get popular you know maybe we'll sell some merch maybe yes, you know merch. We'll go on tour when the panorama is over maybe, maybe you got a business you want to sponsor us like oh. advertising like mm-hmm. we are we're here. trying to help you help us help you yes so yeah allies support black women mm-hmm. all y'all with them black squares this summer i'm getting on y'all posting them black squares if you got a <laughs> bio 
donate to this podcast. Don't I'm so weak. <laughs> all y'all protect black women, and the black woman is the most underprotected person in America. All y'all donate to the podcast. I'm so weak. Y'all, y'all overdid that Malcolm X quote. Huh. <laughs> Malcolm X is turning in his grave. Like, this is not what I meant. But yeah, Destiny and I, we, you know, we came to, to a consensus like we want to provide you all with the content, but that also takes time and um, effort. Like you mm-hmm. have to understand this is both of us coming collectively together to run this podcast. I do the editing and, you know, make the social post. Destiny reaches mm-hmm. out, makes the agendas. Um, yes, we don't pay people to mix this. This is no. us like <laughs> yeah right it's um it's a two-woman show so mm-hmm. we appreciate anything that you give us right we don't want lo- we no longer have a patreon but you know in due time maybe in the summertime maybe mm-hmm. we'll have it in periods or spurs but please donate please mm-hmm. they, um reach in your pockets because we know they fall yes anything helps a dollar two dollars yes i just you got it on on social media a nice reel of how you can actually donate i don't know if destiny saw that um no, i'm but, taking a break <laughs> yeah she <laughs> is taking a break she is taking a break yeah but um that's what i did today i posted online and i said this is how you can donate on paypal right and log in it's on our website um and 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 we appreciate that so that was part of our announcements any other announcements mm-hmm. before we head out uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Interact with us. There are non-monetary ways to support us. Mm-hmm. Write into the show. We want to read listener letters yes, on the we show. Do. We would love that. If you have messy things or maybe you just want to vent about something or we go can on use a rant, aliases. you want advice, like please mm-hmm. interact with us. Use the hashtag on socials, hashtag gather around grow. Ooh. And that's it. Let's gather around and grow, family. We'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>